0: Future, your host. I invite you to join me as together we experience a future quake. Quake.
1: There are new dreams crowding out old realities. There's revolution sweeping like a fresh new breeze. Let the old world make believe it's blind to death the shape of things nothing can change the shape of things nothing can change the shape of things nothing can change the
0: shape of things the Welcome to the Future Quake show. I am Dr. Future and I'm Tom Bionic. And it's a new week which means we have a new guest. Yes. Uh, here's we uh, start to uh, our our new year, the last few weeks here in two thousand nine, yeah, we yeah. have a great new guest who's joining us. Yeah, I, you know, these are
2: these are some very dear friends of ours. Actually, we mm-hmm. are privileged. I consider it a privilege to know these two individuals, um, and uh, they run a great they run a great ministry. And uh, we're gonna have them on. And their name is Tom and Debbie uh uh-huh.
0: and they run Parent Hope Ministries, mm-hmm. which is a ministry for at risk young ladies mm-hmm. who. Um, uh, have some special needs that they need uh, resolved, and some things. And we're going to be talking about the current crisis in today's teenage young women and proven solutions. Mm-hmm. And uh, it may be a little uh, break from some of our things on prophecy, on Nephilim, and all of the above. You know, it, and it was—it's funny, you know—you just never know
2: what you're going to get here on this. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a box of chocolates. Yeah. That's right. Nephilim, Arabs. Yeah, can't be Nephilim no, every week. Yep. Well, we uh, said it, so I guess it's a future quake
0: show. Well, that's true. It's <laughs> official now. The N-word was mentioned. Yeah. Uh, uh, you're going to find that Brother Tom and Sister Debbie are very inspirational, yeah. uh, much like some of our recent shows we've had, but in their own unique way. And I'm guessing there's going to be a group of people listening. Everyone's going to be inspired to some degree, but there's going to be a group of people particularly touched in the heart and maybe called a ministry based upon what you hear this week. And we're going to cover something that has a big societal impact, and you might hear some surprises but these folks are really sharp, and you're going to see why the Lord's chosen them to do this ministry. So mm-hmm. I guess we need to get on with it. Yeah, let's uh, let's roll. You're going to really enjoy let's this. Motor. It's a very fascinating discussion. So no further ado. Here's Tom and Debbie McCullough of Parent Hope Ministries, and we'll be right back to discuss it on Future Quake. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I'm Tom Bionic. And we have uh, some new friends with us here uh, who uh, are going to make their first visit on the Future Quake Show. Although they have been uh, friends of Future Quake Show through uh, some personal association and also being regular listeners to Mm -hmm. our show. So it's a real pleasure to have them on. And it's something that's going to be quite educational and moving, I think, for a lot of our listeners. Mm -hmm. I'd like to introduce uh, uh, Brother Tom and Sister Debbie McCullough, who uh, operate the ministry Parent Hope Ministries And we're going to talk about the current crisis in today's teenage young women and proven solutions. And uh, 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 Brother Tom and Sister Debbie, I'd just like to welcome you to the Future Quake show.
3: Well, I'd like to say that I am a big fan of Future Quake. I listen to it absolutely every week, and uh, it is really an honor to be on the show.
2: Well, it's great to have you guys. Man, that's, boy, I wish all of our guests said stuff like that. Well,
0: Sister, <laughs> sister Debbie, I thank you for putting up with us, too. It's yeah. certainly wonderful to have you on the show as well.
4: Well, thank you. Um, my husband has converted me to a listener. Of- <laughs> Yay! I enjoy it immensely. Thank you.
0: So you're a newer Futurian, then?
4: Yes, I am.
0: Well, <laughs> in, in the interest of full disclosure, I need to say that uh, Brother Tom here, has served as a, a wonderful um senior brother and mentor and mature sort of mentor a, in the Lord for a
2: little bit of an ombudsman as well. For, for, you know? <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say.
0: Is that one of the spiritual offices in the Bible? I don't Yeah, know. yeah but, I don't
2: know, but maybe in the maybe in the Icelandic ne- version. Nevertheless that's what he is, yeah, and we
0: yeah. wanted to go on the record about that. And uh We appreciate, Brother Tom. uh, We appreciate you putting up with us on some of the uh, interesting uh, topics and guests we have here and always have something to say uh, from Scripture uh, Mm -hmm. based on what we have. And uh, he's really sort of the prototype of the kind of enlightened people. uh, Both he and Debbie both are the kind of people as listeners we have. And now we're ready for them to uh, share the unique ministry they have that blesses a large community of people here in the Nashville area and beyond. And we uh, hope our larger audience is aware of it. Uh, To start off our show discussions today, Could you tell us uh, both just a little bit about your backgrounds and how it led to your being here in the Middle Tennessee area?
3: Well, I I grew up as a property manager. I grew up in real estate, and I really have no idea why we were drawn out to Nashville, Tennessee. Um, uh, I had a job that was taken away from me in uh, Los Angeles, California, and we thought that Nashville would be a great place to live. And all the time, it took about ten years, but we finally figured out that the Lord was drawing us into this ministry. Hmm. And and that can be a little daunting when you don't know what's going on. You know the Lord is working in your life, and you're constantly praying, "What what what is going on, Lord?" And uh, and it's just like wait, wait, wait. And like ten years later, He revealed it to us that He wanted us to be involved in a ministry like this.
0: How how could how, how did he tell you something so specifically? What was it that triggered that made something in your mind that this specific type of ministry you should do? Well, we had a
3: son who was well, just very difficult. Uh-huh. very well, very difficult. And we had to send him away <laughs> to a school. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just they just turned his life around. I mean it's just absolutely dramatic. And to make a long story short, they offered Debbie and I jobs, and we sold everything we had and just moved down to the school. As it turns out, they didn't need help at the boys' school, but they had a girls' school, and uh, they asked us to take the school over and run the school for them. Hmm. Now, that that's having no ministry experience. I, I have never been an assistant pastor. I've never been... Really anything in the church And all of a sudden these people have thrown us Right into the middle of ministry
0: Wow, really huh. And uh, so you were a recipient Your family was a beneficiary Of the value of this ministry uh, and, and that's one thing that made an impression on you And then secondly An invitation came calling to you as, as a sign that the Lord was in something He He personally opened the door And was a very explicit invitation to you to start
4: we have to say that um, through our son, we developed an incredible patience for the imperfect child. And <laughs> that's how we you know, came to the ministry. We wanted to help other parents specifically, and that's why we call our ministry Parent Hope, because we, at times we were hopeless with our son, and we, we wanted something better for him. And when this change occurred, we wanted to help other parents who are in, uh, who are in our shoes.
0: Okay, shortly we're going to go into some of the details about what your mission is for your uh, for your ministry and details about it. But just so people understand, this is a ministry, and clarify this if I paraphrase it wrong, for what you might call at-risk uh, young people, particularly young ladies, that um, are having special difficulties in, for whatever reason, the environment they're in, uh, other issues they're dealing with, to be able to get them on, on the proper path to be, good, productive citizens, and and be completely full-rounded spiritually, emotionally, and every other way, correct?
3: In a nutshell, that's exactly it.
0: Okay, good. Well, we'll we'll, uh, discuss more some of the details. Um, So uh, you started in this ministry at another location, as I understand it, but then uh, time came that you you understood that you needed to move to Middle Tennessee. Were you aware at the time that you were going to open up your own ministry like this, or you were coming and then God showed you later, uh, the ministry, after the move?
3: You know, at at the time when we were down uh, at the other school, uh, I mean, we didn't even know what we were doing there, so it it didn't even occur to us that we should be doing this somewhere else on our own. Mm. And what happened was, there were over 50 girls at that school, and you just cannot develop a personal relationship with 50 girls, and we just decided, if we did this on our own, and we limited it to 12 kids, you could really develop a personal relationship with each one of them, hmm. and in turn, they can develop a personal relationship with Jesus Christ because well, because the the whole ministry is so personal. Rather than it being a program or a big school, it's we treat it more like a family here.
0: Hmm. Wow. So that's a difference that distinguishes you from some other similar ministries based upon what you learned and observed from your experiences in the field.
3: I, I would say that's the main thing.
0: Okay. Hmm. Okay. Um <clears throat> I'd like both of you to comment on, if you don't mind, um really the subject matter we have about where we, we currently stand in society right now. Uh, how is the environment in which teenage young women uh, are now raised different from that of earlier generations? What What's both of your perceptions on that?
3: You know, it's dramatically different. And I think everybody realizes that, that right now we are living in a post-Christian country. I mean, in the 50s, we, we knew what was right and wrong, and in the 60s, we still knew what was right and wrong, but we rebelled against that. In the 70s, we started moving toward that immorality, and ever since then, it's just gradually become more and more of the culture. There there are things going on today that uh, when you and I grew up, we would just not have imagined uh, would be going on a few short years from now. I, the one thing that I saw... Oh, gosh, it was on TV or is was in the newspaper, or maybe I read it on the Internet, that one-third of the teenage girls right now are taking nude photos of themselves and sending them to their boyfriends.
0: Did you say like, one-third?
3: One-third of the girls out there. And we're, Holy by the way, cow. we see that in our ministry. The girls who come here, some of them are doing that. And uh. and they don't see anything wrong with it. See, that's the problem. They're not rebelling against
4: something. They don't, they even, just don't even realize it's wrong. Yeah. wrong with it.
0: Wow. So we, we also, re- I'm sorry Debbie.
4: I'm sorry. We we also have girls who post nude photos on MySpace. I mean, which is very very immoral. Mm-hmm. The girls don't seem to see anything wrong with it. Um and one of the things that we've noticed as well is that this society is filled with extreme violence whereas, you know, when Tom and I were growing up, that wasn't the case. That wasn't uh, all over the television and um we didn't have even the rock stations didn't they played immoral music, but it wasn't violent uh, the girls are getting more sexually aggressive and physically aggressive. Um girls are going after guys and you know wanting to um, have relationships with them in whatever way they can. and they also uh, the, some of the video games depict fist fights between men and women and Women, you know, beating up men. Um, As far as respect goes, the girls don't have respect for their parents that maybe we would have, and maybe we would hide, you know, certain behaviors in front of our parents. But these girls have no qualms about speaking to their parents just like they speak to their friends.
0: Wow. So if I understand what you're saying, uh, in many ways, they are victims. Of an environment that we, as adults, have created, and we're all ultimately accountable for our actions. But we have created an environment. When, when, when we think about video games and movies and things, those are created by adults. At least the main, you know, the Hollywood ones, the ones that are distributed. They're adults doing that, not young people. But they're actually creating the environment that young people are simply accepting. If I understand you correctly, uh, yeah. and so then they're responding to that. And of course, now we live in a day and age an age of the Internet where that now young people can produce their own content, whether it's on MySpace or their cell phones or things, but they're actually following a precedent that was established by what adults in Hollywood or elsewhere, even in their own communities, are already demonstrating to them, uh, where these people are, are, are flaunting their, their liberty and freedoms, and now they're teaching it to people who haven't also learned the responsibility and, and modesty and restraint, and so they really are just responding to an environment that they that's been created around, them.
4: yeah, that's correct hmm. and and girls are also made fun of for being virgins. I mean it's like hmm. a dirty word, so that is that is very different from the time that we grew up, where you you know really um, your virginity was very special, and now the girls are trying to get rid of their virginity. It,
3: yeah, I think we all know that, like when I was going to school in the 70s, and high school in the 70s, that, you know, if a girl was sleeping around, I mean, that was a joke, and right. you laughed mm-hmm. laughing at her, and now they laugh at girls who are not sleeping around. It's just outrageous.
0: Hmm. What, a, what a bizarre world that we've created. And uh, it's taken a lot of adults for a generation or two of winking at this kind of stuff to allow it to basically take over our society. And you know, even you know, even in my generation, um, we were taught right and wrong, and that these things were wrong, and it's our responsibility on whether we embrace it or not. And I really feel sorry for later generations that even in some of their parents have not had role models that reinforce that in them. Whether like like you said very very uh, accurately, it's really not an act of rebellion on their behalf. If we've created this environment that they're just simply responding to. That's correct. But it still it still means that you still have a job to do in your ministry and and may be a job that's a lot harder because you cannot appeal to someone's conscience if their conscience has not been made guilty by something that they weren't taught was something that was wrong to begin with
3: that that's correct when they come here it it's like they're they're coming to a different planet they 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 have no idea that fornication is wrong. They have no idea that homosexuality is wrong. They haven't been taught those things. And so when they're taught those things, I mean, you should see their eyes like, what in the world are you guys thinking? However, it only takes about two weeks before they, they see where we're coming from. They see that it's in the Bible. And, and the strange thing is uh, we've never had a girl, at least uh, I don't remember one, that doesn't have some kind of respect for the Bible. So mm-hmm. when, when you teach them out of the Bible every day, they kind of grow to the understanding, whether or not they come to a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, they come to an understanding of what is right and what is wrong.
0: This breaks my heart to hear this, because when you say that a couple weeks of dedicated effort of, of adults... And, and even more so parents, if parents took that special position they can have with their own children, of dedication time to, to give proper instruction that that, that that young people will respond appropriately if at least some effort is taken to do this. And, and you know, we all know there have been very wonderful Christian people who have still had rebellion and children and things like this, and, and we know cases of that, and we've also heard many good stories where, in time, that's restored. But... But the point you're making is, if if we had parents who were le- the least a bit adjusted, and took the least a bit of effort in putting a priority on their children, you know, it could make your ministry obsolete. But I'm sad to sad to think that uh, that that's not going to happen for a long time, if ever.
2: Well, they just, I think those parents just don't know. You know, that's
0: partly don't know, but I think there's also, and correct us if we're wrong. You all are the experts, not Tom and I. But my my assumption is is that many parents are so messed up with their own personal problems Mm -hmm. that they're not coping with their own problems in their life, much less they have any time to devote to their children.
4: Well, we will say that that can be part of the problem, but there are some very good devoted parents out there, and their children are still products of this society. Mm. And it's shocking because we do have some good church-going parents and devoted Christian parents. And Tom and I were devoted Christian parents to our son. But the world is hitting them so hard, and all day long, um, in the public schools especially, they're not being taught any kind of morality, and they're being hit with uh, so many different ideas that they don't even believe their own parents. But when uh, our kids did the same thing, I mean, they would they would listen to someone a stranger and say, "Oh, so and so said, I'm not supposed to do this, I'm not supposed to do that," and they'll listen to the stranger. Now Tom and I are the strangers. And we're Mm -hmm. telling the kids Mm -hmm. the same things that some of the parents have told their children, and they believe us.
0: So in a strange way, that provides an opportunity for you to have a ministry. Yes. Well, you know, something you mentioned, uh, Sister Debbie, that uh, is very interesting. You talk about the aggressiveness of young ladies and women in our society and the very assertive role they have. Uh, And, and, you know, I'm one that, that likes to have opportunities for young ladies if they want you know to to express themselves in careers or they have certain aptitudes and things uh you know I'm certainly very uh supportive of of people being free to be wherever they're called, but it is interesting you point that out because I see that made manifest in whether it, you you call it the sexual revolution or the women's liberation movement or what whatever it is uh there is a feminization that has occurred that there's that there's a dark side to it and it even has some shadows in our own churches I think and that's nothing to say against the you know the female sex I don't want to come across as sexist it's not that it's something that has perverted it because also in the same way there's been a dark change in men mm-hmm. where men aren't being what they're really called to be in the Bible as well and so there's there's also a you know a side of it in the men's side as well too would you say it seems to me you now
2: Correct me here if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you're saying you're sort of defeminizing the women and feminizing the men.
0: Well, I know it's getting off a little bit. I don't want to put words in your all's mouth. That's just my comments. But when you said that, that's what I thought of. It's something where this is a much broader indication. And what's really strange is when I read some of the goals of some of these uh, pagan and anti-Christian movements, you read their literature, that's exactly what their goal was that they see a spiritual power behind doing that, and that's certainly not what Scripture is. Uh, In fact, we're taught to be ashamed of of our differences. And, uh, you know, it seems like society is trying to uh, really try to bury those kind of differences, uh, which had a positive effect on society and the family. Um, So anyway, I didn't mean to to put words in your mouth there, Sister Debbie, but those were just some thoughts I had, and I thought it very interesting that you pointed that out.
4: I can tell you that, um, you know, in the 70s, I was very aware uh, that, you know, society was trying to create create a unisex, and I kind of bought into part of that. You know, women can do anything, and we're not supposed to have these traditional roles. But I can tell you what, when my children were born, my daughter was born very sweet and very um, (laughs) quiet, and my son was the most aggressive kid you've ever seen when he was one he he bit a piece of bread to look like a gun and started shooting it at him. Um, you know, so I could definitely see the differences in those children, and we brought them up the same way. Um, and it, it, I was not a Christian at that time, so I wasn't really aware of, you know, the right. specific roles that God gave to each one of us and how he created us differently than one another. But it did become very apparent.
0: And, and, and there's some people that won't fit the role. I know Mrs. Future and I. We joke a lot, a lot that we don't always fit the classic roles that a lot of Christian literature says about, you know, who's the more sensitive one, who's the reacts this way, or that. So there's room for different personalities and expressions in those gender roles. But but the the point you said about the aggressiveness there, um, there there are impacts on our society of that. You know, obviously, you're seeing it in, in the uh, young ladies that are coming to see you. Um, we, we've touched on this a little bit, but um, uh, how is this affecting society to a larger extent in, in families in general? You're seeing it right now in the, the, the difference in these young ladies and the race. How, how does that impact the, the wider reach of our society? And how do you think it will impact it furthermore in the future?
3: Well, right. You know, I, I, I'm just seeing um, a wider chasm between the world and the church. And um, hmm. you, you're seeing it on the news more and more that, that the church is the enemy of the people.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
3: and the world's view is, like I was saying earlier, that adultery and fornication, homosexuality, I mean, that's all fine. And, uh, you know, in many countries... They're starting to come down on the church And it's starting to become illegal uh, To preach a lot of Those things uh, and In this country we're protected by the First Amendment But I'm not sure that's going to last
4: hmm. um, On another You know vein Some of the things that we're seeing Personally are that pregnancies Are abundant because of women's Sexuality And, and aggressiveness toward men They They think that they can capture a man through, you know, this has been going on since the beginning of time. However, these girls sleep with many men, and when they become pregnant, they keep their babies instead of considering the possibility of adoption. And more parents and grandparents are raising their children's children, which, which is better than the children raising their own children in most cases. Mm-hmm. But um, many of our students, in fact, most of our students are pro- products of divorced parents. And that impact continues to be um, unhealthy family lives and broken relationships and broken children, as a result of this. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, <clears throat> you know uh, that w- what you just said there reminded me of a story recently in the news about, um, I think it was in Gloucester, Massachusetts, where one of the high schools they discovered a club of young ladies who made a pact to all become pregnant out of wedlock.
4: Yes, yes. Exactly. What?
0: And and. Wow. I I I'm guessing that's not the only place where that goes on. If you if you expose it in one there's a lot of them that are not exposed or some variation on that theme. We're back at the Future Quake show here with uh, Dr. Future and
2: uh Tom oh, Bianchi. Sorry, <laughs> I'm a making distracted. a little bit. Yeah, Thanks. It's okay.
0: Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed that first segment. It already had some pretty uh, provocative things to yep. say. Usually we wind up a little bit. In fact, I read a few emails from mm-hmm. some people on message boards that yeah. we are notorious for taking a while to warm up. You know, oh really? Is yeah, that it? Maybe Monday and half a Tuesday they think it takes us to get rolling. You know, yeah. this is not true in this case.
2: I thought. Well, I thought. See, on the message boards that I read, I heard we were like ecumenicalists and. All about... Unbiblical? Word, yeah, unbiblical. That was the other one. Well, there's a cer- third one. I'm going to have to look that, that up. That certainly
0: but. wouldn't be true this week. No. We, uh, as as you all could see, we have two extremely insightful people yeah. uh, who God has called to ministry mm-hmm. that uh, can see a crisis in our society. And mm-hmm. uh, it just really touched me when they talked about how we've had a few generations of people who become parents who have become so lax on moral and other issues and mm-hmm. even just... Decency and selflessness that uh, we have generations now being raised without any kind of moral force that they can even feel guilty about. Yeah, they don't, uh, even,
2: they don't even know what they're doing is wrong. You,
0: and they, they first they have to be instructed yeah, they don't, on they what, don't what's get it. expected. Yeah. And um, I, we don't have much time today to talk further about it, but mm-hmm. we'd like to when we come back. But Merv needs to come in mm-hmm. and tell you how to contact us. So, Merv, tell them how to get a hold of Future Quake.
5: Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at DoctorFuture at futurequake.com. That's d-r-f-u-t-u-r-e at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests, or suggestions for future show topics or guests, are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay.
0: We'll have some more time tomorrow to yeah, talk in detail. Let's, hit let's get out of here. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, please stay tuned for the rest of this week. You will be blessed by what uh, the McCulloughs have to say. And until then, we hope your future is very bright. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. 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 Change the shape of things to come. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom Bionic. And we're back at Future Quake in our are. second installment of our interview with... Tom and Debbie McCulloch. Who are the uh, uh, folks who are running the ministry, Parent Hope Ministries, mm-hmm. uh, here just outside of Nashville, Tennessee. And they're real experts on... Um, particularly at-risk young people. Yeah. Young know, ladies yeah. have been working in that field for a long time in providing uh, a, a ministry, a location where they can come and actually get a right start back on the right feet. Yeah, And basically, they <laughs> really have a pulse on on where young people are at right now and what's wrong.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, much like uh, uh, Colette Burcu and uh, uh, mm-hmm. Carl, Carl Medeiros, I kind of you know, we've got a lot of moving shows on here in the I, Yeah, so I, I agree. And and I would say I would put them in that same category. Um, I especially like Debbie's, yesterday I liked Debbie's little commentary about talking about their son, how he bit the, uh, he bit the bread, bread into a, into a gun <laughs> into and a started gun. shooting him.
0: Yeah. yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> that was cool. funny. Remember, I think Dillinger got started that yeah.
2: way. <laughs> oh, really? He could have gotten out of Alcatraz yeah. With that. yeah. yeah.
0: Bread gun. Bread gun. Yeah, that's pretty cool. When you talk about really uh, touching shows like that, were you mm-hmm. thinking of the Stan Deo show? In, like, when, uh, he, when he was running from the he feds. grew a
2: beard and hung out with the hippies crossing the uh, Australian desert? Yeah.
0: The, I guess this is a different kind of different,
2: show. Different kind of fuzzy. Yeah, yeah okay. Fuzzy.
0: Well, um, it's a fascinating discussion, and mm-hmm. I know you all are going to enjoy continuing, because they both are extremely wise uh Christians, mm-hmm. believers in the Lord, and have really seen what's going on in our society. We're going to continue the discussion. It's something that affects every one of us, even if you don't have children, mm-hmm. because uh the young generation right now is the one who's going to be running this planet as we get older and older, mm-hmm. and we're relying on them. And we're all called to minister, mm-hmm. either direct ministry like Tom and Debbie do or to support ministries like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think it's very interesting. So hang on to your hats. We're going to have a very interesting discussion here in round two, and then we'll be right back to discuss it here on Future Quake. Here thinking about this, it, it just makes me wonder, um, is there anything else we've not talked about that is missing in these young ladies, in their environment and their upbringing that impedes their healthy development? Are there any other elements that you've noticed, something missing that you have to address?
4: Um, Well, one of the things that that we haven't really mentioned, just we've touched on, is the emphasis on respect for family and relationship commitments. Um, Most of the young ladies who come into our ministry are extremely self-centered, and they have what we call the entitlement disorder. They really don't care about others. Um, especially their parents. And there's television shows on MTV and VH1 that promote this attitude, you know, me, 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 me. Um, We also find that the more self-centered a young lady is, the more miserable she is.
3: I was talking with uh, a counselor one time uh, who counsels these girls, and she was talking about how needy they are. And I said, I just blurted out, they're not needy, they're demanding. (laughs) And and she just gave me the blankest stare. She had never heard that before. But but it's true. Uh, most of what we call needy is not needy at all. They're just constantly demanding.
0: And that's in adults uh, too, right?
3: Oh gosh, that's adults. I mean, these kids have grown up to adults, and these adults are teaching their kids all the mistakes that they've learned along the way. And another thing that you've heard over and over again is uh, that these kids have low self-esteem. And our experience isn't that they have low self-esteem. Our experience is that they think too darn highly of themselves.
0: Hmm. Oh, no, you've probably had so many psychologists that uh, have yeah. just switched the knob off here. Yeah,
2: Freud's, Freud's <laughs> flipping out right now. Of course, you know, we have, a, we have a large
0: community of psychologists that listen to Future Quick, I'm sure. Of course, the largest group of them I met was at the... Uh, the 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 pagan meeting I, in Montreal, yeah, that that worship the Babylonian gods, and these were all child uh, therapists and psychiatrists, uh, registered by the state, to uh, to to actually help children with their problems, and they they worshipped the Babylonian gods in their own privacy when they weren't doing that. Now, obviously, not every child psychologist do that, maybe ninety eight percent, but not every one of them. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but, but, but it's interesting, it, and you know, when you mention this with young people, uh, both, uh, men and women, uh, young men, young women, and I, I've worked in business with a lot of much older men, and I'm sure Brother Tom, you would agree with me, in business that you find have never grown out of that. This is something that's gone on for a long time, and that's why you even see uh, couples when they get older, uh, a lot of divorces and things because they felt like they were deprived of their own self-fulfillment or self-agenda and goals. So this has been something growing for a few generations, I'm guessing, and uh, that's why marriages have such a hard time right off the bat when you take two selfish people like this and, and try to make it work. In past generations, we all have some selfishness, but but from the stories I, I hear from uh, people I know that have been married for a long, long time, they learned very, very quickly that they had to find a third way. And mm-hmm. it seems like it's much harder for newer couples these days to find it. And and you know, I mean, Mrs. Future now, you know, we we have our times to tried to sort that and figure figure those kind of things out ourselves. But but it just seems like it's creating an environment that's harder and harder, based upon what you said.
3: Well, the, what the world has told us and what the world is still telling us is that we need to take care of ourselves. We need to do this. We need to grow up. And what the Bible tells us is just the reverse, is that we need to take our eyes off of ourselves. We need to serve Jesus Christ. We need to serve others. And, uh, you know, we had a tornado here, uh, what was that about a year ago? How long ago was that? And that I took my girls out to help the tornado victims. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen them happier in their lives by helping other kids and, and helping other adults. And uh, the the strange thing is about the way God made us is that we're miserable when we get what we want. We're miserable when we're seeking after those things. And yet we're always happy when we're helping other people.
0: Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Boy, such tremendous wisdom to what you just said. And you know, um, we have personally witnessed the activities of your ministry and the young ladies. Yeah. And and what you just mentioned about service projects is not just an isolated crisis event that occurs. Uh, we personally know that this is a routine thing that you do mm-hmm. on on a weekly basis, uh, serving serving uh, other people exterior to yourselves uh we know that you have regular commitments that you you have made and you've uh, made with them to to minister to other people who are in need and then also uh you teach them to minister to each other and i know we'll talk a little bit about how you how you do your your daily protocols but you teach ministry to those outside your circle of your family within your family that you have there as well and um What's amazing is how how much they embrace that once they're exposed to it. And I hope all of our parents that are listening right now that you are depriving your children if you do not take the responsibility to go along with them and get involved in these kind of things with your own children. And in fact, you may even hear a few groans from your children or the groans may be coming from you uh, when you go to do some of these kind of service things through your local church or other ministries or groups. But you have a responsibility to God to do that and also to let your children see you participating in it. And uh, so I appreciate you saying that because I I think that's something that many of our parents out there do not have a clue about.
3: Well, uh, I'm going to tell you, I have never once seen in all the ministry things that we've done to help other people, I've never once seen even one of these girls say, boy, that was a drag. We could have been doing this today. <laughs>
0: Hmm. Well, as an outside observer, I've never heard uh, any of these young ladies say the same thing as well. Um, is there a, well you, you you've mentioned one aspect of of something that you address in their lives in general? Is there an approach that you believe can remedy these deficiencies in general, and why do you believe that it will, that it will work? You mentioned one right there. Are there other general philosophies of what you think and known from your own experience works to address? these many different needs that you brought up about young ladies in our society today?
4: Um, I'll answer that question. Um, every girl in our ministry has responsibilities and they help with every aspect of running a home. Uh, we have 19 acres here and we do everything ourselves. We don't hire anybody to do it. So we're, we're talking about cleaning the home, keeping everything neat and orderly, um, taking care of the ground. We also have a a christmas tree farm that we've started and the girls helped plant the trees and they they got a lot of pleasure out of looking at their finished work and seeing you know what they have done um, we also harvested about 2,000 apples this year and made our own apple cider i think that today most homes aren't structured as well as they could be and children are given an excessive amount of free time to play video games and watch unsupervised TV and movies. Um, also, too much emphasis is given on socialization with other children rather than you know, spending time with family. And I hear that many of the teenagers who come into our program say that their hobby is hanging out at the mall. Well, that's not a hobby. Hmm. You know, yeah, no I mean, kidding. <laughs> but, but it is to them. And you know they aren't expected to be helping at home, and therefore they don't they don't uh really appreciate their home as, as much as they should because they're not a a part of it.
0: You know that's interesting you mentioned that I mean you provide so such food for thought when you mention about the, the hanging out at the mall as a hobby what what happens sometimes in groups like that is if anything you come out being more of a downer because you're you're around peer pressure, you're around people putting pressure on you on the clothes you wear, or how come you don't look as good as the other girl or all these other kind of things. And it almost creates this kind of angst in you from that. Whereas when you when you talk about the kind of things you do at home whether it's sewing or other kind of hobbies you may have or there's that you feel a pride in what you do. And a, a good healthy kind. You you actually generate a self-esteem when you're able to do things with with your hands, and be able to create. And do this, and, and do this kind of thing, which is very different from the kind of peer pressure kind of environment you have with the other alternatives you were talking about. Uh, so I, I find that's interesting, the alternative that you that you portray. But you know, I can't help but think when you describe this kind of lifestyle, how our media and how Hollywood portrays people who live that lifestyle. Uh, most of the shows I've seen, in fact, there was a show on. Um, Recently, that, that for the most part was a pretty good show. It's called Judging Amy. There was, there was a lot of good things to be said from it, but I remember an episode where somebody homeschooled their children. So obviously they had to be portrayed as militia members that wanted to overthrow our government. and yeah. And because there was a strong bond between the family members and the children, that was something that the state saw as a threat and they saw the need to break it. And in our news, the, the, the kind of uh, groups that they portray like this and really give a spotlight on are are groups like the F D L S group that they came in and took the children away from their mothers and other family. And that is the image that uh, our media and our news people and government try to portray of strong family environments. They feel a the need, particularly in education, to break the influence that parents have over their children, and they look desperately to try to find some examples of some negative role model of that uh, to to try to exacerbate that point. And what's so sad is that we see that was perfected long ago by Stalin and Hitler uh, when they used that very same technique to try to separate that very wholesome environment. And uh, now it's creating a hole in the soul that you're seeing Mm -hmm. in these young ladies, and you're having to repair that hole that's missing. Uh, in it, you know, we've already gone through the industrial age, and so now that separates, particularly sons from their fathers. Their fathers leave during the day, and they're not out there on the farm watching their father solve problems and and deal with things and learning directly from their dads. And so it just keeps getting more and more exacerbated. And and I almost see you're you're going back and restoring some of those kind of things.
3: Well, you know, if, if you could boil that down, you you would say that one of the things that you want to do. Is is to withdraw from the world and withdraw from the world system. And actually, homeschooling is one of the best ways to do that. And it, what you want to do is you want to make the world a foreign place, a place that they don't want to pick up that culture. Now, they may want to engage the world and win them to Jesus Christ, but you don't want a partnership up
0: with the world. And The world should be pitied, not envied. Uh, if you feel If you feel a need to reach out to people in the world it's because you pity the sorry state that they're in, you, know, you want to share the good news with them, not envy the freedom and the other sins for a season that the far country offers.
4: I can also tell you that some of our students are very timid because they're very you know they're sensitive people and they have been um, attacked by the world. And we have mm. seen some of those same girls just blossom and become leaders. I mean, people you'd never see leading anyone, and they just they grow up here. They, you know, six months later, they're leading other girls and and walking and very, um, they're very confident, and that's what we love to see.
0: Well, what well, I know what uh, I and Mrs. Future and others have seen is what I would call a miracle. Yeah. What happens with these young ladies uh, from the time they. They come uh, to your place and in in what they are in a short period of time is just a miracle of God uh working you know through your dedication and work
2: yeah i speaking personally watching them, they show up and it's kind of like it you know it's like they're tired or something, and they first show up and watch them. weary they're, yeah weary, weary's a good word, and yeah. maybe almost dead inside in some cases or something and watching watching them change over a matter of months is uh for me personally, is is it's special to watch what you
0: guys do. It, it's it's really it's it's a miracle. Mm-hmm. It's special. Why do you think? And you've talked about this a little bit. Why do you think God called you two in particular to this ministry? I mean, you, you explained how it happened. You know, your 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 personal experience with it, and then how you're invited in. What is it about you two, and why God God went to all that effort to seek you two out? Uh, in ministry, and what is it that you think you can accomplish through this ministry I- as a whole?
4: Well, we really feel that God called us to this ministry because of our son. He started with his behavior problems at the age of 18 months, and we went through about 15 years of just, I mean, we researched everything. We you know, worked with him in medical ways and behavioral uh, transitions and things like that, we really got a lot of patience when we were working with him. We have a lot of empathy toward him. We knew he couldn't really help some of the things that he was doing. Hmm. And that's why we we ended up sending him to a Christian military school. Um,
3: To give you an idea how difficult he was, when we went down to the girls' school, uh, somebody asked us about taking care of 50 troubled girls and our response was these 50 girls are easier than our one son (laughs) no joke it's true (laughs) that that is not a joke that is how difficult he was
4: and god prepared us through him and gave us the patience and we really you know we don't mind when these girls we've seen it all so when they come up with these little um behavior problems and excuses, uh, you know, we we laugh because we've seen it all and, and we're prepared for it and we don't get upset. Uh, we just handle the problems. So we we had no idea why God gave us a son like that. And believe me, for years I I was kind of, uh, you know, I prayed to God and said, why did you do this? Why did you do this? And now <laughs> we know. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I, it I've... hasn't.
4: The ending. I don't know how
0: many times my dad told me the same thing, what he did to, have to deserve getting a son like me. So I can sort of relate to that, too. Well, um, what what is it in general that you hope in the long term that you can accomplish with your ministry? Obviously, you're changing the world one girl at a time. Is there something that you think will be a, a lasting legacy of your ministry?
3: See, that is the legacy. E- each one of these girls individually. I have uh, Debbie, in about an hour she's going to the airport to pick up uh, a girl who came through our ministry. Now, this girl was an absolute hellion. I mean, she was. (laughs)
0: Now, you mean that in a nice way, though, right? (laughs) I mean that in
3: the positive sense of that word. (laughs) Um, And for six months, we were pulling our hair out. And uh, just finally, she came to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, and she changed on a dime. I mean, overnight, she just she just changed. And uh, for the last six months here, uh, she was such a blessing to have here. She was a great leader. She left and went home, and her attitude was, I can't wait to get back to Tennessee. And uh, that, that was like three months ago or four months ago, and uh, she's, she's coming back to Tennessee in about an hour. Debbie's going to pick her up. And she's going to work for our ministry for six months. And, at, and she'd love to work longer, but after that she's going to Calvary Chapel Bible College. Oh, and right. uh, And she wants to go into full-time ministry. Now, this is a girl who would probably be in jail right now if it wasn't for what was going on here. And I guarantee you, it's not Debbie and I. I mean, Debbie and I have a lot of good ideas. But <laughs> it is Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> who really changes these girls?
0: Well, this testimony is got to be extremely frustrating to a lot of secular uh, child therapists out there that are expecting to hear stories of how they've been devastated uh, by you know being exposed to your narrow-minded religious thinking and things like this, and you know how much you constrain these young ladies, you know, and suppress them. It must really hurt them to hear that these young ladies not only survive it, but they come out as well-adjusted young ladies that desire to come back and have a relationship with you afterwards. Because even as young ladies, they acknowledge what a transformational experience has been for in the positive way.
3: Yeah, when they come here, they see all of this as bondage. They see all of this as, I can't go to the mall anymore. I can't do this. I can't see mm-hmm. my friends for a year. By the time they leave here, they're in tears leaving leaving their sisters here. And um, and there's so many of them that, well, do you have a job for me when I come Because I want to come back. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are getting a lot of that. And, uh, you know, uh, we can only have so many staff members here, but uh, that's their desire. But getting back to what you were asking earlier is, you know, the broader picture is I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, This one girl is going to go to Calvary Chapel Bible College, and she's going to set the world on fire. I don't know what she's going to do. We have another girl who's getting ready to leave here in three months. And, uh, you know, she wants to go into the ministry. And this is a girl who not only rejected Jesus Christ, she really didn't know who he was. Mm -hmm. And uh, she is going to set the world on fire. How? What's she going to do? I don't know. But I I do know she's going to set the world on fire.
0: Boy, you've... You've got a wonderful future in a Parent Hope Alumni Association. What an exciting group that's going to be, members in that group.
4: Well, we get calls every day from some of our former students, and we just love these girls. And they look at us as, you know, they're second parents, and they look at this year as a very special year in their lives, even though when they walked in the door they they were just dreading, you know, coming here. So God is really doing a work, and we so appreciate that.
0: Well, I predict, as Dr. Future, that a number of these young ladies are going to end up starting their own parent hope ministry one day. Yay. And this is going to proliferate. There's nothing wrong with that. And it's it's just going to grow and and proliferate. And um, there's going to be a multi-generational legacy. The Lord tarries that they're going to take it just like you had an experience with your own family and that work together as part of uh, your invitation to start with these generations of young ladies who are personally involved in the program, uh, I think are definitely going to be part of what, what we're seeing. And certainly from their own testimonies, I, I would think that's a high likelihood of occurring. We're back at Future Quake with Dr. Future. And Tom Bionic. Yes. And that was our second installment of our interview with Tom and Debbie McCullough mm-hmm. of Parent Hope Ministries about the current crisis in today's teenage young women yep. mm-hmm. and proven solutions, and lots of food for thought there. Anything that stood out with you?
2: Well, I, I I really enjoyed actually a lot of things. One of the things yesterday that they talked about was uh, um, we made the comparison about uh, uh, psychiatrists and stuff and what they and they had been seeing. You know mm-hmm. that uh, how really you know they seem to have a greater beat on what was going on in a kid's head than most all psychiatrists do, you know, about kids, really, they're not, their self-esteem's not too low, it's too high, Mm -hmm. and they're really needy, and they think
0: too much of themselves, and, you know... And they're miserable. Yeah, and they're miserable. Because it's all self-absorbed and focused, and that is a very lonely life.
2: They're not other-centered.
0: A self-centered life is a lonely life, Mm -hmm. because you're the only one hanging around, part of the process.
2: Yeah. That was a huge shock to me, personally, Mm -hmm. when I figured out that, hey, I need to be like other-centered... (laughs) <laughs> so like, they provide it,
0: and they provide structure, yeah. a family environment where mm-hmm. you actually, you know, self-centeredness, for some reason you still have a crisis of your importance in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. Whereas here where you're actually serving other people, they they develop an identity of importance because of the needs of others depending upon you in a family. Mm-hmm. That actually creates more of a security is mm-hmm. when you provide service to other people.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. They also talked a little bit about uh, making the world sort of a foreign place, you know. I don't know if withdrawing from it is quite right, but, you know, being secure within your borders of your house and being, you know. Right. Yeah. It was that was cool. Where is
0: home and where is the mission field? Mm-hmm. Some people think going out and cavorting with the world is like where they feel like they belong, and then they feel awkward when they're around people of faith, mm-hmm. you know, or that atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And they've to create an environment where the home in a private home family type environment is mm-hmm. the norm, yeah, you still go out you don't sequester yourself, but when you go out there you you go with the understanding is it's an artificial type lifestyle, certainly not sustainable mm-hmm. that we see out in the world, mm-hmm. not what we experience at home, and that's yeah. the way it should be, yeah, you know yeah, I guess we gotta be going uh is it time to hit it Yeah, I think so Merv would you come in and tell our listeners how they can contact us on future quick?
5: Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast.
0: Yeah, I think it's time to say goodbye,
2: bud. Yeah, well, folks, uh, thank you for another edition of Future Quake. We'll be here tomorrow with Tom Mm -hmm. and Debbie McCulloch. Until then, we hope your future is very bright.
0: Have a good day. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake.
1: Of nothing can change
0: the shape of things to come. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future and I am Tom Bionic It's like the wrestlers and <laughs> we have no more time left on the show Now you sounded like the, the Mexican announcer with the soccer Go. yeah like that
1: Go. yeah that's enough. Yeah.
0: All right, we are in the middle of our um, interview with Tom and Debbie McCulloch of Parent Hope Ministries, talking about the current crisis in today's teenage young women and proven solutions. And if you're coming for Bible prophecy discussions right now or something far out, well, first of all, you know, we have plenty of that here. This is stuff you need to hear. This is is fascinating Mm -hmm. in its own way because it's current. It affects uh, your community, Mm -hmm. maybe your immediate family. Stuff you need to be mulling over and thinking about. Well, and, really and Tom these and Debbie kids, are the per- perfect
2: people to do Yeah, it. really, these kids are the future. I can't think of a mm-hmm. more appropriate talk or right topic Well, Whitney Houston said like. that, too. Really?
0: Yeah, she said that children are our future.
2: I didn't know that. Yeah. I guess i got to watch more TV.
0: Yes, you need to watch more TV, and particularly Whitney Houston, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. I
1: have nothing, nothing,
0: nothing. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was Whitney Houston for a minute. I, it, was, it was like I was there. What I gave felt it like, away? I felt like Bobby Brown being right next to her. Um, any other thoughts you had before we cut away on our interview?
2: I think that uh, the way that they do their thing is really special. You know, it's like they got the small group thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's really sort of family oriented.
0: Well, we're going to talk about the fruit that's been born out of their ministry, and that's mm. where the rubber meets the road. Yeah. Is that it works. Mm,
2: fruit. <laughs> Is it? I think we should go. <laughs> yeah, it
0: actually it actually uh, bears fruit, yeah. and I think everybody needs to listen very carefully yeah. to what works. Particularly if you have children, you need to listen. Yeah, I think these same things will work in your own home. Mm. If you are a child or act like one, like me, uh, it's good to know about uh, what they know that works to make us all happy, stable people. So, no further ado, here's uh, Tom and Debbie McCullough, and we'll be right back to talk about it on Future Quake. I'd, I'd like to focus uh, now a little bit on. Some details about your ministry, some particulars on it. Um, the particular model that you're using now that became Parent Hope, uh, how did that become as a unique ministry, the one you currently operate right now? Uh, and do you have any um, particular scope uh, of your ministry? I know you said one thing you wanted to do was to focus on limiting the number of girls at any one time so you could give more direct, hands-on support. Um is there anything else that in how you define the scope of your ministry and how you want to conduct it?
3: Well, like I said, we we went down uh, to this school to, to learn this ministry and take care of these 50 girls, and they really taught us the ministry. But they also were able to see what worked and what didn't. Uh, a lot of the people who worked there were Christians. A lot of the people who worked there were like nominal Christians, and you know, there is no reason to be in the ministry unless you're completely sold out for Jesus Christ, and so Absolutely. we just wanted to be completely away from all that. So, so we you wouldn't not... say
0: you wouldn't say just going in ministry for the money, then?
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know, there there is a lot of money in this ministry if that's all you're interested in. Now, you can't make a lot of money with eight girls. You can't make a lot of money with twelve girls, which is what we're going to try to go up to. Uh, but there are schools out there that have 2,000 students. They charge twice as much as we do. Uh, and, you know, they have the, the whole equestrian thing going and, and everything. And it's it's like they're babysitting your children for a year. Now, is, is that what you want? You want your child babysat for a year? Or do you want your child to really change?
0: You know, it sounds like even in a group of 2,000 girls, that could be a very lonely existence. Uh, for, for an awkward young lady to be in.
4: Definitely, and they yeah. can easily hide from the program. Nobody here hides. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, yep. Yeah, you 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 definitely uh, can't disappear in the background uh, at your particular place. Uh, but but it also it gives each person an identity there, because every one of your la- young ladies has a very definite identity. Uh, in a position and family there, and how their unique personality comes out. I know I've certainly, uh, you know, witnessed that myself. Um, well,
3: from the outside, from the outside, this looks like a small school, but from the inside, these girls see this as a large family. So it's just a matter of perspective.
4: Hmm. Very interesting. And we give them all responsibilities that really help to um, just anchor them to this, uh, the foundation of our program. You know, they have a specific job. We have one girl who's a movie girl. She puts all the movies back. She's responsible for, you know, filing the movies and knowing what we have and, Mm -hmm. you know, et cetera, et cetera. That sounds small, but she really takes a lot of pride in it. You know, we have a girl who just feeds the birds, and that's her responsibility. We have a girl who's definitely responsible for the dogs. I mean, we have a girl who's a cook. We we give them all specific jobs, and they really take pride in it. That. and we look up to them because they're the expert mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. and so they're they're important because everybody's counting on them then yes to to do that role so they they fulfill an important role and a self-identity like that mm-hmm. well your resources that you have you have some very unique r- resources in, in terms of the grounds that you have and other things that you've done there that you have constructed as the lord has provided it to fit within the overall philosophy of what you do in your in your operations, could you tell us a little bit about what are some of the, the range of the resources you have there at your disposal, particularly some of the unique ones, and how does that influence your overall approach in this ministry?
4: Okay, we, you know, our 19-acre farm is a big, that's a big issue. You know, I mean, we're able to do so much on this farm. Um, I mentioned the apples and the Christmas trees, but we use a hands-on approach here and the girls have assembled their own desks when we bought them. They help install lights, paint, and they participate in, in many other activities of a typical home life. So they're learning lots of different um, things. We're, we're very quiet. You know, we're, we're living on such a large acreage that it doesn't make any difference. It's just very peaceful. The girls can run out and scream. Nobody will hear them. They play with the dogs, play in the snow, that type of thing. Um, so... That's one of our strengths is that we've got a a big property and we just keep everything right here on the grounds, including the school, which Tom is the teacher, and the girls are able to move at their own pace and they can go faster. We have had girls who have done two years' worth of school in one year because they have personal tutoring here.
3: It's very common for these girls to come being a year behind in school or maybe just a half a year behind and it is really easy to do two years of school in one year here. Uh, we have, uh, well, the school is on site here, and we can do whatever we want. And above and beyond what you would think of as uh, a normal curriculum, a normal school, uh, we do, do the most incredible field trips. Uh, you know, we went out to the Shiloh Battlefield, went, took them Christmas caroling. We bring them Christian concerts. Uh, like you talked about before, we involved in all sorts of church ministries, uh, Chris Pinto, who I know is uh, uh, involved with you guys.
0: Yeah, he's uh, one of our Rant Pack here at Future yeah.
3: And he came out here and uh, was filming a movie, and the girls were in that. And that was just absolutely great. You know, we celebrated the Feast of Tabernacles here, mm-hmm. and if my memory serves me correct, Tom Bionic came out to help us.
2: He was out there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, if these girls have had the same benefit from your teaching, Brother Tom, as I know I have, one of the things I cherish is a certificate I received from the class that you taught on inductive Bible study. <laughs> and in fact, I have placed it above my Ph.D. certificate here as something that's, that was a, a goal I had to achieve. And seriously, though, um, that is a that is a real opportunity I hope they appreciate it in the years ahead to be able to hear not only your Bible teaching, but your teaching in all other sorts of areas, and I know that really goes for both of you as well too, but you have some unique abilities and skills that just uh, make you all ideal uh, for doing this but not not, not just your, your your head knowledge but but the the wisdom that you have and discernment the experience you 've had, and the tenderness of your hearts uh, to do this as well so So you have this this ideal facility that you have, you have constructed um, some unique things they can do, like uh places where they can do productive things. You mentioned the Christmas tree farm. Uh you have the capability to make cider. I saw your cider press. It's really yeah. a unique little thing. You yeah. Your have cider's there.
2: really good by the way.
0: <laughs> but and 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 also yeah I've had some little food food nuggets from that area yeah, too. That, they were yeah, wonderful they, too. It was quite good. Um so so you you have all these unique facilities. I mean it's um uh, the the building that you have w- was really provided by God because it's such a unique capability to house the number of young ladies that you have and to provide just a very wonderful very homey environment for them, correct?
3: Now that's correct. Uh, the uh, the people who lived in here before I mean, it really didn't make any sense. There were two ladies and this was a house. This was not a school. This was not set up to be a school mm-hmm. and yet the strange thing is it's, it's almost like God built this 30 years ago knowing that we would be here today.
0: Well, the thing's enormous. I mean, it could be a huge bed and breakfast or or some other kind of facility just from the sheer magnitude of some of the rooms you have access to and things, correct?
3: Uh, yeah, it, it's just great for that.
0: I mean, I know you, you all have done an enormous amount of work to it, and uh, a lot of it's been through your elbow grease and sweat equity to uh, to get it to be just exactly what you want to do. But everything there is for functionality. It, it's it's something that, that I observe that you, you want to do to have a desired positive effect uh, for these young ladies with, with the living environment that you have. But obviously the best assets that you have there on the grounds are the two of you. Uh, that's the two irreplaceable parts of what you have there uh, for the success of it. Can you distra- describe very quickly what would be a typical lifestyle uh, daily or weekly of a young lady that's enrolled at Parent Hope?
4: Okay, I'll answer that question. Um, We get up at 7.30, which is very late for a a school like this. Most of the schools get up at 5 a.m., but we just figured we Tom and I like to sleep in a little bit, and we're going to give the girls that benefit as well. (laughs) And they
0: they don't protest that too much? They don't fight that?
4: No, they don't. (laughs) So anyway, we get up at 7.30. We take a mile walk to get our blood moving, and, uh, we come back and have breakfast. We clean up after breakfast. We have Tom's Bible study in the morning. At nine o'clock, we, we go to school. We have lunch at noon from noon to one, go back to school till three thirty. And then the girls work outside for about an hour and fifteen minutes. Um, we do various activities outside. And, um, then in the evening, um, we come back and take showers and then the girls have Free time until dinner. Dinner is from six to seven, and then we do various activities in the evening. We have karaoke. Um, Somebody donated a Wii game to us uh, for Christmas, and the girls absolutely love that. Mm. Uh, We we do watch um, different movies, educational movies, and then on Saturday night, the girls get to pick a fun movie we play musical instruments the girls do artwork um we're sponsoring a girl from Rwanda and the girls rotate writing letters to her every week and they draw pictures for her and things like that so it's it's we just we have a wonderful time we keep busy yeah and Sun- sunday our- morning
0: at the lord's house
4: yes we get up in the morning and go to Calvary chapel and um love it that's our, And then we rest on Sunday afternoons. Girls write letters and play games and go outside and do, you know, whatever they mm-hmm. like to do.
0: You know what it sounds like to me? It's very structured, but it's not suffocating.
3: Oh, not at no. all. You know, what's really suffocating is when the girls don't have enough to do. Mm-hmm. And what we try to do is keep them busy. Mm 24-7, but like Debbie said, you know, on Sunday, we just kick back, and they can rest, Mm -hmm. and they can pretty much do uh, whatever they want to do. You know, we can watch uh, some kind of a show on TV, or they can sing, or some of them like to play musical instruments, or they write their parents, but uh, it's a lot looser on Sundays. Mm -hmm.
0: So you keep them busy, but it's not quite like Cool Hand Luke.
3: (laughs) uh, Well, I've had a couple dig uh, a a deep hole. (laughs) (laughs) If they had
0: a failure to communicate. Uh, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, that's, and and, you know, what I've observed from your newsletters and things I've seen, you all take a whole load of field trips to fascinating places. You go to hear music. You go to hear other kind of arts things. Uh, They're they're not prisoners on the grounds 24-7. You all spend a lot of time on the road.
3: Right, and, and like I said, we can withdraw away from the world while still going out into the world and doing all of these things.
4: And we love field trips.
0: <laughs> well, they're, they're fun, educational things. You, yeah. I, I mean, I've seen things. You go to museums, you go to uh, music festivals, all these other kind of things that are very, very fulfilling kind of things for anybody. Oh, yeah. uh, and you do it, it, everybody looks like they're having a blast, you know, from the pictures I see. Uh, so. Um, it's, it's something where, where there's a balance. You have, it's like having a balanced diet. You have balance between chores, school, all these other kind of things, which is a kind of normal life that we all should be exposed to. And hopefully maybe you can set a discipline in these young ladies that when they leave, their lifestyle doesn't have to change a whole lot from that.
3: Well, the interesting thing is uh, the girl who's coming here in about an hour, uh, when she went home, she called us and said, it is so boring at home.
1: Huh.
0: Wow well, She She really missed The kind of environment That you all had created
3: Yeah There there really is a lot To do here
0: But It's a premeditated environment It doesn't just happen It takes a lot of work On both of your behalf To create an environment That is supportive And conducive And positive
4: This is pretty much The way we raised our kids So Tom and I Have been doing this You know For 27 years Since our daughter was born And Um uh, we just love it. It's just we you know, this is natural life for us, so we just continue that natural life mm-hmm. with these mm-hmm. girls. And I'd also like to add that um Tom is a hilariously funny man and we use humor in our ministry constantly and that helps that helps a lot. We're always joking and playing and you know, the girls really enjoy that.
0: You know, I I I'm shocked because I don't think I've ever seen that side of him before. <laughs> <laughs> Not more than, you know, 3 or 4 times a day. Yeah. Uh you know, it's when people picture these kind of schools, they picture uh a woman with her hair tied up in a bun, you know, on a riding crop and lots of lots <laughs> right of tears. Crop. Well you know, you know what I'm talking about the movies, they show lots of tears, uh, you know, just breaking people's will, you know is what it's all thing about. Going on. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's something to be endured and survive. But Well
3: we do have a John Deere tractor. <laughs>
0: that's the closest you can come but 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 the environment that you have described is something that I know a lot of us adults would envy because it's something that sounds like a very fulfilling lifestyle that it's not something where you're just trying to uh to break somebody like a boot camp uh you're trying to restructure a lifestyle that's balanced and fulfilling
3: well, now, it can be that way uh when the girls come here we dish out grace and mercy And, you know, we're constantly telling them, you can't do that, and we need to do that. And most of the time they come along and and they, they, you know, they really uh, respond well to grace and mercy. But if they just want to continue to be rebellious with us, well, you know, we keep them busy with uh, work all day. Like Debbie said, we have 19 acres out here. There's plenty to do. And then uh, at night, instead of resting, they can do their schoolwork mm And uh usually it takes about three or four days of that to uh, no nah, your program isn't that bad. You know, I could get with that.
0: <laughs> you know, that's the same technique Mrs. Future uses on me too. After, <laughs> after twelve years I keep hoping she'll give me a break, you know, and I pass <laughs> the phase two, hopefully. Um uh, you've mentioned some, some isolated cases of some young ladies who um who have their lives have been transformed and they're on the process of transforming other people's lives from what they've learned there uh is there some other fruit that you can share with us on what's been born from this ministry and and also success stories and and can you tell us i know it's not even particularly parent hope in particular has not been uh you know kicked off all that many years but um share this a little bit of like the number of girls that have gone through your program and anything else like that you can share on the outcomes
3: well i i'm going to tell you rather than the 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 big picture, these girls who come here with dead eyes and when they finally decide that they want to fall in love with Jesus Christ, there is just nothing like that. It's like everything that Debbie and I have given up, and we really haven't given up that much, but everything that we've given up to go into this ministry, every time you see that, somebody who's gone from being a dead soul to somebody who's alive in Christ, it is just—it's just overwhelming.
4: Hmm. I'll also say that you know not every girl does become a Christian here, and that's not—I um, always tell the girls that's not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to tell you the truth, and then you know hopefully we've planted seeds that eventually they will come to Jesus Christ. But we do have some students who have not, who are still close to us, who call us all the time, who are, you know, we just feel like God has just planted these seeds. And what they'll do with it in the future, we don't know.
3: We have one girl who moved back to New York. She never accepted Jesus Christ, but she calls us once or twice a week. And and she's just uh, madly in love with us. And, you know, we're still using that to continue to minister to her for I don't know if it will take 30 years. Uh, that's fine with me, but uh, I really feel that uh, sooner or later she's going to come to Jesus Christ.
0: So your ministry is not over with her yet? Uh, uh-huh. Our ministry is never over with any of these girls.
3: When they go home, they they call us. Uh, sometimes we'll get a letter from them two years later, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, however they want to maintain contact with us, uh, that's what we do. We're mm-hmm. here to help them for the rest of their lives.
0: And they get that free of charge.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and their parents
0: lifetime a a lifetime of friendship and mentorship from their very brief experience at your wow. place. You guys we are really have amazing.
4: <laughs> with their parents as well. You know, so we, we stay in touch with their parents and a lot of them have become our friends. Hmm. So it's a it's a happy, happy in industry. You
0: hmm. you mentioned a few uh things that you see. You know, you talked about the dead eyes that become alive and some other traits. Are there any other typical changes you see in various aspects of their personality uh, after they attend and graduate?
3: Well, when when they come here, they're just miserable. I mean, they they they've done everything that they've wanted to do, and uh, they're miserable and they're depressed. And uh, like I was I was talking about the dead eyes. We send out a newsletter every month, and uh, one of the girls. Uh, she's, you know, we send out her picture on the newsletter, and her dead eyes are there month after month, and I'm going, gosh, that's not her anymore. You know, she's accepted Jesus Christ, and she's absolutely alive now. And so mm-hmm. sometimes you have to change their uh, picture on the newsletter because they're <laughs> a absolutely different person.
0: It's yeah. a physical change in their their body and their visage because also, of this experience. It, it,
4: you know, a lot of them come in lying. They're just liars, and and almost everyone is. They come in lying to us, and and they cheat in school, and they um, they're disrespectful. They're disrespectful to the other students, and we just we change all that, and it does take time. But we we have a great deal of respect for each other. We don't allow the other students to make fun or to um, you know put people down in any way. And a lot of them come from the world just oh with mouths that you wouldn't believe. But after, you know, after a time, they're just with the program and talking lovingly to their own parents whom they've come in hating. So, you know, we do see a lot of changes because it just takes time. And as they learn more about the truth of Jesus Christ, they start responding to that.
0: One thing that you pointed out earlier is that these girls many times come in uh, shy, maybe beaten down or reserved for whatever reason, and they find themselves there. And suddenly become very, very confident and very secure, and then they can take a more active role, whether in leadership or, or or whatever role. They take a much more active role as different people than what they were. Correct? Yes. That's 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 just amazing. Well, I tell you what, I wish you would, uh, particularly with the instructions you give to the other young ladies to be patient and to bear with each other. I wish you could instruct that to uh, adults in local church families. Because Mm -hmm. a local church family is is not a whole lot different than what you have there. You have a bunch of uh, dysfunctional people, me included, that have our own hang-ups and problems. And we're all there for different reasons, and we're there, hopefully, to try to to grow up and to learn and become more like Christ. And we all need to learn to cut each other a little bit more slack in that process, too. And so I would hope maybe you'd find a way to pass that message on to the rest of us adults in these environments, too. Because it obviously works what you're doing. And uh, I would hope that adults would start showing the similar kind of traits in their lives after they spend time with other believers in their local church or other small groups or fellowships they have. Because that should be the outgrowth of believers being together and iron sharpening iron and and upbraiding each other. We're back at the Future Quake Show with Dr. Future. (laughs) What's funny? And, And Whitney Houston. Tom Bionic. Is that all you've been thinking about during the interview, Whitney Houston? Uh,
2: well, it just—you said Doctor Future—and it made me think of my my little song earlier.
0: Okay, yeah. Well, um, we uh, had an excellent segment this yeah, time. Not great. Not that they have really bad ones. I mean, they've yeah. had, they had—they put up four good ones. Yep. Four, four good quarters, you might mm-hmm. say. Um But uh, we talked about really about the fruit that was born out of it. But I'd I'd like to uh, mention that. Uh, well, I'll mention something later. I'll save it for tomorrow. You're going to save it for tomorrow? I will save it for tomorrow. Well,
2: we got into a little bit about, you know, they talk about their time in Mississippi being sort of the testing and training ground for mm-hmm. what they're doing now. And, uh, you know, like I said earlier, I I think it's really cool the way they have the thing structured. They've got eight girls. It's, uh, uh you know, you can't hide in eight girls. Like, you can't. Right. You know, it's not like, you know, 50 people. Well, and, it's
0: know. like the size of a good-sized family. Yeah.
2: It's a, it's a large family. Like the
0: Brady Bunch. Yeah, the youngest the beard, one in the, curls. The Brady Bunch. Yeah. Seriously, I mean, there's there's a just mm-hmm. sort of a right sizedness.
2: Yeah, it's their their whole thing seems to be very structured, but not uh, you know suffocating. So, right. You
0: know. Well, speaking of suffocating, we need to bring Merv in. Merv, would you tell our listeners how they can contact us at Future Quake?
5: Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information.
0: Okay, we got to go. We're about to run over. Okay, that was the weirdest segue ever. I don't know. You're supposed to say, let's just get out of here. Okay, let's just get out of here. All right. Uh, until tomorrow, we hope your future is very bright. Have a wonderful day. Hallelujah. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake. There are new dreams. Crowd are not Nothing can
1: change the shape of things. Nothing can change the shape.
0: We are here for the Thursday edition of Future Quake with your friend, Dr. Future.
2: And your other friend, Tom Bionic.
0: And we hope we have mo- you have more friends than just us two, because if you yeah. don't, you're in really you trouble. Get,
2: you got to get out more often. Yeah.
0: We are here for the last installment of our interview with Tom and Debbie McCullough of mm-hmm. Parent Hope Ministries, uh, concluding our discussion on the current crisis in today's teenage young women and proven solutions. hmm and it just keeps getting better every day. This is going to be yeah, a good segment. Yeah. I'm really
2: looking forward to this segment. Uh they're I mean, you know, they're very articulate, very intelligent, mm-hmm. very uh you know what's interesting is they're so structured in their answers. You know, it's it's it covers
0: it's almost like they've thought about this topic.
2: Yes, like yeah. maybe they've done it before. Or yeah, something.
0: unlike all of our other guests who we pick <laughs> up off the street and coronate. <laughs> yeah, after yeah. 30 minutes, we're tearing. You know, tearing the tearing the questions. I up wish we thought about topics like they did. Wouldn't that be? We'd have a great show then. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, uh, we're gonna we need to go on to it, but um, with no further ado, I think it's time. Yeah. Okay, uh, you, you may have heard the show so far this week, uh, or heard it on the internet or iTunes, and you're wanting to know what you can do to get involved. You feel led in this. We're going to talk about that in a segment. So, till then, we'll be right back to wrap up on Future Quake. To, to switch gears here a little bit, um, what do you think are the biggest challenges you have now that you are dealing with in accomplishing your mission and in operating your ministry?
3: Well, the two biggest challenges are at least the way I see it, is, is the cost of this ministry. It is just so expensive to do what we're doing. Uh, we're funded mostly by tuition, but you know we also receive uh, donations and we receive grants from some company. Uh, we receive a, a, a nice grant from a company in Germany called Henkel. They do a lot of work here in this country.
1: Hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the other big problem is the government is when Debbie and I decided to do this, it took us 18 months to get the government approvals. And the people who uh, we were telling about this were saying, wow, that's really fast, and I'm going, 18
1: months? (laughs) (laughs) We
3: thought when we left that other school, we'd be up and going in two to three months, and boy, that just did not happen at all. And even... Even as we continue this ministry, uh, there are so many government um, uh, regulations that we have to comply with. And you know, quite recently, they shut our pool down, uh, not because there was a problem with it, but because it was a residential pool, and they decided that we needed a commercial pool. And so we're still deciding what to do with that. That that, that, that could be a problem that could cost anywhere from 40000 to $50,000 dollars
0: wow so you have that beautiful i've seen the place is yeah it? that gorgeous. beautiful i mean for the size of the number of people you have there it's not like you're going to invite 100 people over there to come in it's for your personal use but just simply because of some regulation it has no bearing on the reality of what you have and the people you're with and 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 that's just one example you've had to deal with that with a number of times of facility issues and things like that correct
3: yeah that that that's correct and you know i I understand the government's involvement, and there there are bigger schools where you don't want to use a residential pool and there are health issues and there are safety issues, but this is more like a large family and it, it isn't even that large of a family. there's only ten of us, and there's probably only eight in the pool at the most at any given time and so but it's uh when you talk to these people, they go, well, that's the rule
1: mm-hmm. and
3: and the story you need to comply and uh and it's not uh very easy to retrofit
0: a pool aside from facility issues are there other issues uh with families or other regulations aside from that that are giving you hassles or you see it on the horizon
4: well some of the parents aren't aren't used to the way that we handle things and some of them t- try to tell us how to run the ministry when they've mm. not been successful with their own students so that's <laughs> always a that that ten- must be frustrating <laughs>
0: Hmm. Wow. Well, um, and, and those are things, you know, if uh, our listeners could keep you all in prayer uh, for those things, too, that they would not be a roadblock for the for the fruit that you're bearing. Uh, speaking of the church, do you think the church is specifically called to accomplish this role that you address in young people and in family crisis issues? I mean, you know, through whatever means they choose, you know, whether it be in through a ministry like your own or somehow, but but ultimately be responsible to see that this need is addressed in society. Do you think the church is called toward these kind of issues and family crisis? And if so, where, where would you point it in Scripture to justify that?
3: Well, the best tra- training manual for children is is the Bible. And, uh, you know, the uh, I'm sure you've heard it a million times, but in Proverbs 22.6 it says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old he will not depart from it. Well... Train them to, you know, just go out and hang at the mall and just uh, do whatever you want to do, and you don't have to rake leaves and you don't have to wash dishes, and we'll take care of you. What are they going to grow up to be? They're going to assume that their spouse is going to take care of them, and uh, you know that's just a disaster. Now, if you train them uh, the way they're being trained here, they they go home and they want to help with the dishes without being asked, and they they want to help with all the work. Mm-hmm. And the, the other thing I was thinking of is um, the the thing that really weighs heavy on my heart is the Shema, which I know both of you guys know, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, where you know it, it says, in addition to a lot of other things, it says, And these words I commanded thee this day shall be in your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk with them when you sit down, and when you walk by the way, and when you lay down, and when you rise up. These girls are with Jesus Christ all day long.
0: Hmm. Well, you know, it's it's one thing, Brother Tom and and Sister Debbie, to, to say that the church needs to encourage the families in their own fellowships to do these principles. Do you feel like they have a responsibility to provide that opportunity through ministries and things like yours to people who are even outside the fellowship? is is almost a, just an evangelical outreach, or just merely one to minister to people in in the community.
3: Well, you know, as a new Christian, one of the one of the verses in the Bible that I just had the most trouble with is that is the Great Commission, where Jesus says to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And and I thought, shouldn't that say make believers of all nations? Isn't that the job of the church? Is to convert people to Christianity, and no, it's not. It's the job of the church to disciple people. And uh, I I know that our church does an excellent job of that. And as a matter of fact, uh, we have a class uh, coming up in our church where they're going to be teaching uh, parents uh, how to Mm -hmm. parent children.
0: Mm -hmm. In fact, if you want to know more about that, ladies and gentlemen, there's a link uh, to that uh, church on the front of futurequake.com if you See the building with the green roof. Click on it, and you'll go right there, and you can learn more about that. Uh, <clears throat> is there is a room for other people to join in this mission that you're doing? And if so, what could they do, and, and, and what should they prepare be prepared for if they do it?
4: Well, we um, we have a lot of people from church who uh, join with our ministry and do different things, and we we. Definitely, are open to you know a different ideas, but we welcome these people. We've had people come and share their testimonies with the girls, which is very nice because it's not just Tom and I anymore. It's you know other Christians, and they really they appreciate that. Um, you know, Tom Bionic came and shared some music with our girls. He's an excellent musician, and that was that was wonderful too. The girls really enjoyed it. And we had had other musicians from our church come and and. Share music with the girls for an evening. Um, we have a lady from church who's going to come and teach the girls how to sew, and she's going to create a quilt-making project. I've got a friend who is coming to help the girls um, with scrapbooking. We just we love to have people come in and just share their. Um,
3: they're gifts. Yeah,
4: they're gifts with yeah. us. You know. A
3: lot of people, when they see what's going on here, they go, well, I can't do that. And that's that's not the point is that you can't do this. It's what can you do. And everybody has gifts they can share here. And I know that everybody who comes over here has been blessed, and they and every person who's come over here has blessed our girls.
4: Well, and it's, as far as yeah. what they should be prepared for, I mean, the girls are very respectful, and they're very... Um, open they they love to have people come here and do things they they appreciate it very much
0: well i I was just going to say that 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 they're very fun people to be with and very inquisitive ask a lot of questions Mm -hmm. i know uh having times just at church to talk with them um they're they're just wonderful people to be around it was just very enjoyable to talk and share i felt like i was being ministered to uh, actually, and uh, your facility out there is just a, a beautiful little drive just outside of town in Nashville out in the country and um, it's It's a wonderful way for somebody just to get away from everything themselves and to go in a very very healthy environment where you're appreciated uh, if you don't feel like uh, people appreciate you or what you're doing, go out there and share a gift you have with with the folks out there at Parent Hope. And you'll feel very, very good about yourself, and it'll, it'll, it'll be a minister to you as well as vice versa. What about for people who feel a calling to follow in the steps of what you all have done uh, in other ministries like this in the future? What would you have to share with them if, if the Lord lays that burden on their heart?
3: Well, like we were talking about, one of the students who's coming back here, we are going to train her how to do this ministry. Now, what she does with that, I, I just have no idea. Mm-hmm. uh it, it would be nice if uh she could go out there and buy a house and uh set up a similar ministry like this, although you know it is uh extremely expensive uh, on the other hand there I got a call out of the blue from a school very much like ours in Louisiana, and uh they were just telling us uh that they're down to three students well they had three students you are you're, you're going upside down it's mm-hmm. just that's just not going to last long. And so uh, I showed them uh, our advertising program, and how to do it, and uh, I said, if you're interested, uh, call back. And two weeks later, he called back, and I walked him through how to put the whole thing together, and that's what he's doing now.
0: Well, praise the Lord. So so you all have taken a role, really, of, uh, if not leadership, some kind of uh, caretakership role in, in other ministries that are starting to blossom or grow or need rejuvenation uh, in this area as well. Um, but I, I think you would agree that if, if if some couple or uh out there um hears this and are touching the heart, you know, we have thousands of listeners all over the country, uh, even beyond the reach of Parent Hope and also internationally, uh several thousand international that listen regularly here. Um if the Lord has used this show to lay this on your heart, uh, then by all means be encouraged and follow what the Lord lays and uh, could they consider you a resource if they needed advice and these kind of things?
3: No, absolutely. I mean, uh, anybody who would be interested in doing this, I would be more than happy, uh, Debbie and I would be more than happy, to dedicate as much time as we could to help somebody else set up a ministry like this.
4: Oh, we'd love to have them as a visitor so they could observe. We, We did have a lady who was very interested in setting up a ministry like this, and she spent several hours with us, drove from Indiana to see us, and then by the time she left, she said, well, I... I realized that this would really take a, a married couple to do it, and she was a single mm-hmm. woman. Mm-hmm. But it, I just feel that God showed her, you know, what was involved, and we're happy to go through all that with anyone. Mm-hmm. We'd love to have a, visitors and show them the girls mm-hmm. and what we do.
0: It's not a nine to five ministry, though. You don't go <laughs> put in your yeah, time 20, somewhere, and then ministry. you yeah. take a load off your feet and go. Uh, You'll rest it's something where you're 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 like a fireman even more so at least they get a few days off you're always on call there's perpetual ministry needs you're doing anytime day or night um, you're always being monitored and observed by these young ladies anything that you all do anything you say or do to each other anything else the way you all respond in in stressful circumstances are all teaching moments to them positively or negatively. So you have to understand that you're really always on stage in in effect of your your witness, correct?
3: Well, all all, all ministry is twenty-four-seven. There's very little ministry that uh, you you know forty hours a week. Well, Mm -hmm. I I take that back. There is no ministry that is forty hours a week. On the other hand, what we're doing here, to a large extent, isn't work at all. This is just like a big family. It's just like you have this big family and you don't have to go to work you just stay home so <laughs> that's cool we love what we yeah. Yeah.
1: Hey, that's, yeah, that's a
0: just... that's a nice way of saying it yeah well um we're, we're nearing the end here and i, I want to make sure we understand this clearly what what resources do ministries like yours need to support a young lady at your facility and the over financial and other resource needs you need to keep your operations going if you know if people are laid on their heart uh, about your ministry, but they they need a little frame of reference of the kind of you know costs and expenses that are required to be able to undertake the ministry that you do.
4: Well, um, one of the things that uh, you know we've had on our heart is to have, is keep our tuition as low as possible, and we would love to offer scholarships to kids who do not have the resources to come to a school like this. And we have been applying for some grants. I, we don't have a whole lot of time to do that. Mm-hmm. But if anybody knows of companies that offer that type of you know, grant for students, that would be helpful. If somebody wanted to give a donation that we put in a, you know, um, one of our resources to hold for a scholarship student, we would love that because it, it is expensive to, to house a girl for a year and um, to teach her all that we have for her. But... We don't want this to be just for rich kids, and, in fact, don't have rich kids here. Most of the parents sacrifice a lot to send their girls here. Well,
0: can you give us any kind of frame of reference? People have no clue what's involved because there's so much, not only cost per girl, but there's a lot of overhead costs in your facility and other things you do. Can you give us any kind of frame of reference of the magnitude of financial commitments you all have had to make to keep operations going for for a year or so?
3: Well, yes. Yeah. Um, Before we even started the well, you know, before we started the ministry, we had to buy the house and we had to make other commitments. Uh, I I can remember going to the county one time for a meeting, and they were just so negative. um, I, I just threw in the towel and I said, "That's it, okay. I'm tired of sinking money into this hole, and that's it." And somebody who was on the county board walked up to me and he said let me tell you something when you come back i'll make sure this gets approved and i was just shocked and i was like well okay god uh, i'll keep uh, i'll keep uh, walking with this and uh, i just got to the point where well i'll take one step forward and i'll keep walking one step forward until i just hit a brick wall and then when i hit a brick wall it's up to god to do something either knock the wall down or you know, maybe I'll learn that I need to go away and do something else.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it takes it takes several hundred thousand dollars a year to operate the the facility even at the scale you're doing it, correct? Yeah, yeah, our our
3: budget is two hundred thousand dollars a year.
0: And and and, and
3: that's just great girls.
0: And you have on the website the tuition that you charge and and the thing is to me I'm amazed, even though it's it's, it's a lot of money to a lot of people, how modest it is. In terms of, I mean, you operate things. It, it's it's not a big cash cow for you all by any stretch of the the, the imagination of the scale of what you do there. Uh, but we're talking um, a, a few grand, if I remember on your website, to to underwrite a young lady, correct?
3: Yeah, yeah it, it's uh it's about twenty five thousand dollars a year per girl. And uh and boy, if you go shopping around other schools on Google, you'll find that that number goes up to forty, fifty thousand dollars 50000 I was looking at a school the other day, and I can't remember how much it was. I think it was $60,000 a year, and then they said, and a little bit extra if you want to get involved with the equestrian program. <laughs> <Whoa>.
0: <laughs> but, but does that cover everything for the young ladies?
3: Yeah, it, it covers everything except uh, their, their personal expenses, which ends up being about $25 a month. So that Okay. Everything else is negligible. Okay. Yeah, a, a lot of these schools, they nickel and dime these parents to death, and that's one thing that we tell the parents is, you know, this is the tuition. It's going to be about $25 a month for their personal expenses, and you're not going to get hit with uh, anything else.
4: No, we don't charge extra for curriculum or their uniforms. We provide uniforms for them, and it's oh. all covered in the tuition. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, i, I, I do not not trying to get into details here, but I just want people to understand the magnitude of the commitment you make. And, and that these things just don't operate themselves. Um, the, the Lord is, is over all of this, but he requires his children to, to listen to him and to, and to stand up and to step forward when he directs them to take the resources he gave them to make ministries like this go. And I know that's not the reason you came on here was even brought about when, when I asked you to do a show, but um, i just like to, to mention to our listeners uh And I know a number of our listeners around the country are, you know, they're getting by okay. Um, But a number of them have been blessed by a family member, one or more parents, or another family member. That was the key to their stable lifestyle and what making them upstanding citizens. The Lord put that person in your life. And it was a blessing that you got that you could never pay money for that put that person in your life to make you who you are today as a well-established Christian person. And it would be a wonderful thing, and this is just an idea I have, to to make a gift to a ministry like this in their honor. To just take that as a gift back to the Lord and an appreciation of expression of what they did in your life by making a gift so some other person could have that same experience. And uh, if if you all out there could pray about that, I'd just like for you to think about that, uh, be it in Parent Hope or similar ministry uh, like that. We're down to just our last few minutes, and I'm going to ask you, Brother Tom, would you say a very, very brief prayer for our listeners out there? Uh, There may be some young people listening who um, either they themselves are having issues or they may have some friends that need something like this. Uh, There may be some parents who have been looking and struggling, and they just need to define a ministry like this for their child or someone who feels burdened to get involved in a ministry like this, would you say a quick prayer for them? We're going to pray for you when we go off air here, when when we do our little conclusion on the show. But would you would you pray for them just over the, the next couple of minutes, please? And share,
3: Lord, uh, Sister Debbie and I. We just joined together with Doctor Future and Tom Bionic, and our hearts beat as one. We are just we are just one family in the Lord. And we just pray together in harmony to, we just, we just want to seek the next generation of your church. We just want to, those that are in the church and those that are outside of the church that don't know you yet, we just pray that uh, through this ministry and through the ministry of Future Quest that we can reach kids for Jesus Christ. That they would be so sold out for Jesus Christ, they'd want to just dedicate their lives to doing nothing except serving Jesus Christ. And we just pray these things in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. 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 Thank you, brother. Uh, in in conclusion, I want to make sure that people understand. We'll have your link, if you don't mind, at futurequake.com, uh, where we'll have this show archived. Uh, so they can go directly. You have an excellent website that lays all this information out very clearly and including how to contact you but can you tell our listeners quickly that your your website name uh how they can contact you and stay aware of your ministry and the progress and support your work
3: it is www.parenthope.com if you go there it's it's kind of a fun website to just hang out at Mm -hmm. and uh also uh Please, I, I'd, I'd love you to just send me an email. There's several links up there to, to email us, and we'd love to add you to our uh, monthly newsletter. And that shows you all the things that the girls are doing during the month. Uh, we haven't been doing that that long, but the response that we've gotten back from it is just incredible. Uh, the parents love it. Uh, we are. I just got a letter in the mail of please add these uh, three or four email addresses to the, the newsletter uh, when people receive it they they say it just really blesses them I believe you guys have both received yeah. that haven't you? Oh, yeah. and
0: and that's what happens to me it really buoys my spirits uh, yeah. quite a bit and again if uh, if you miss that it'll be at futurequick.com um, I just want to really impress on everybody to um, take a ministry like this where it's undeniable that there's good going on there's no question about that here there are things that are advancing the kingdom going on here. Uh, and in conclusion, I just want to tell you thank you so much for coming on our show. You are are excellent guests, yeah. and uh, please give our best to the young ladies. And we look forward to seeing them back at the Lord's house or an occasional documentary night.
4: Thank you so much.
0: And you yeah. have a you have a standing invitation to come back. And uh, both of you got a chair here if you want to sit in on some future future quake shows.
3: Yeah. Okay. Hey,
0: I'd love to drop in. Yeah, <laughs> you can come to the prestigious uh, visitors rotunda yeah. at Future Quake headquarters and Take we'll them find to
2: a Studio B and Yeah, we'll find
0: yeah. you we'll find you chair in our expansive facilities yeah. here. Well we know you gotta go, uh Debbie and uh bless you on your ministry there, both of you. And uh we'll be staying in touch soon with you, okay? Thank you. God, God bless you guys. God bless you, thank you, you so too. much. We're back here for the Conclusion of Thursday's show with Future Quake with Dr. Future.
2: And the Tom Bionic Guy.
0: The Tom Bionic Guy. And we concluded our interview just now with mm-hmm. Tom and Debbie McCullough of Parent Home Ministries. Yeah. And, uh, crescendoed, I might say. Yeah. And,
2: uh, but wasn't it fascinating that, uh, uh, one of the things they tied into was sort of a generalized theme of our show that, uh, you know, one of their big challenges, uh, you know, of course, was the cost of the ministry. But the other one was the government. Stepping in and tell them like tell them they couldn't use their pool anymore. even it's though they only got like eight girls.
0: That's almost going to be like Nephilim. How that almost comes up every Nephilim. show. it about was like a cold hand, As if an <laughs> hand. We're now part of the order. <laughs> oh, we've got to go. So yeah, speak right, of a cold hand, we need to get uh, Merv to come in. Merv, tell them how people can contact us at Future Quake.
5: Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at DoctorFuture at futurequake.com. That's d-r-f-u-t-u-r-e at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests, or suggestions for future show topics or guests, are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast.
0: Another cold hand is getting ready to yank itself the air. All right. There
2: we go. Let's get out of here. Okay.
0: It's been great to be with you. Yeah, you too. Tomorrow is tomorrow's Tremors with uh, both of us. Until then, we hope your future is very bright. Have a great day. Sayonara. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake.
1: Shape of things. Can
0: change the shape of things to come. welcome to the Friday edition of the future Quake show I am Dr. Future and I am Tom Bionic and I am just fresh in off the road yes. literally a few hours ago did you now
2: now folks uh he went to a place uh, if you recall that rhymes with
0: rolling mites <laughs> Rolling mites, that sounds like an exciting action movie. Yes. You're just fighting a large bunch and of mites that are actually coming to bite you. Yeah, well... Actually, I just got back from Israel, and I want to thank everybody out there who uh, prayed for my safety and safekeeping. There were missiles that were being lobbed still down in Gaza while I was there, but... Uh, Those have subsided now that since, they left. Since I was on the far <laughs> northern area up there, Uh none of them whizzed over my head, although I stayed at a kibbutz, and... uh Right up by the Syrian and Lebanese border. Mm -hmm. And uh there was another gentleman staying in another room over in the kibbutz. Mm -hmm. And evidently he had, in the middle of the night, had changed the heat. And it woke me from my sleep. And all I heard, what little sleep I got. All I heard was a beep, 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 beep. And then I heard a... And I thought, oh, there's the air raid sirens going off. Because you get like 15 seconds, you know. And they have bomb shelters all around. Yeah. So I thought, oh, this is it. This is this is the big one, honey. You know, like yeah, like uh, Fred Sanford. You know, yeah. and uh, the more I listened, to it, the more I thought, you know, maybe that's just the weird sound of the air going through the air ducts, and that's all I figured out it was <laughs> was the heat <laughs> that made that sound. But I I didn't sleep much after that.
2: I'll bet not.
0: But had lots of weird food. Really? Uh, cool. well I shouldn't say that. It was delicious. Hummus so and shawarma. I had lots of hummus. Um, one of the great choices I had. Uh, what was it, the night before last? It was the last evening we went out to a little informal place to eat. Uh-huh. And we had kebabs. Mm, and I had choices. Yeah, I had choices like, uh, spinal column, uh, a spinal cord. Of what? Uh, Syrian? Well, what? no, I said <laughs> spinal cord, uh, udders, or turkey testicles. Which one did you choose? That was a tough call. There was one that had a generic kebab. Uh huh. So I wouldn't know what it was I was eating. I just got oh, it. Oh, you
2: just got one kebab. Yeah. That may be the worst. It may be like well, let's let's the stuff that fell on the floor here, let's just sweep it up and
0: I hope I'm not making that it it possible. Stick. I'm hoping <laughs> yeah, for people people would never eat that although they eat turkey testicles, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know. But uh it, that was it was a very interesting experience. You know, I sound like uh, Grandpa Jones, you know, Hey grandpa, what's for supper? He would always read those things on the mm-hmm. hall, but but anyway, it was a very interesting experience. I uh, got to go to Jerusalem. Got to go actually look up some of these theories I've talked about on the Future Quake show about mm-hmm. um, where where Balaam the prophet was on Baal Peor and could he see the uh, the valley of of Gog where the battle was. And yeah. it turns out all of it seems to be legit. Wow. In fact, from the Temple Mount, I could see those mountains, Mount Horeb and mm-hmm. Baal Peor, which I always pictured, you know, and it is probably 20, 30 miles away, but you could see them very clearly wow. from there.
2: Well, now, did you did you get to... uh? You know, there's that rumor that's been going around about the uh, the Mason Temple underneath the Temple Mount. I
0: tried. I tried. I worked on the guide. First of all, everything was locked up because of the Gaza thing.
1: Oh.
2: So I,
0: could, I, I got to go through the old city. I got to go through, you know, Mount of Olives, everything uh-huh. all around it. She walked around the perimeter of it. Couldn't set foot on the... Oh. oh i tried to get our our good buddy chris pinto to loan me one of his templar outfits because i was going to try to charge the Aqsa <laughs> mosque in it just to see if i could get anybody come out of cover but that didn't happen <laughs> hey either. you're one of us come on see, see those sim- scimitars come out yeah but uh no i didn't i didn't get to see that or confirm that okay. but that's still uh i'm actually i got some word at the very tail end of this after an excruciating trip in fact uh the I just finished it a few hours ago, but just yesterday I was traveling about 27 or 28 hours nonstop, mm-hmm. uh, which I didn't get a wink of sleep. Uh, I g- averaged about maybe two hours of sleep a night for the wow. whole trip. So, uh, and I walked right in here to the interview. So there's well, no telling what'll be said tonight.
2: Well, I guess it'll be my uh, job to sort of gently shake you throughout the interview. It'll be yeah. like just like
0: just like uh, in me shake me any way you want me.
2: Well, no, I was going to say it was going to be sort of like. You know when Emmett was was in this uh oh, yeah. pole position. Oh yeah, 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 yeah.
0: I don't think he was in Israel while he was snoozing on the microphone. No, no, but he was like
2: working hard or whatever.
0: Yeah, he was working hard for the money, as yeah. Donna Summers would say. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was a it was a fantabulous experience to see how things really were. It was mm-hmm. with some guys that had Mossad connections and. Cool. Uh, special forces and stuff. Did you
2: get them to loan you any uh any of their cool? Actually, they asked guns? me to
0: teach them some of my moves. Really? Yeah. So Back I, days as a uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So I actually them some ways I yeah. apprehend people.
2: Well you know that Krav Maga that they teach, that's their like that's their karate. Well
0: it's him. funny you should mention that because Brother Dave, who's a regular emailer to our show uh-huh. and who also does the Cox Chronicles. Yeah. It currently I think that's what he does. Oh wow. And in fact he's building a machine that's sort of an automated machine to attack him in the garage that he would actually <laughs> defend himself Jeez. from. Yeah, yeah. That oh, was really cool. Brother, hey, Brother Dave, Dave, if you're, you're out there. interesting.
2: Or, uh, yeah, send us some pictures or
0: something. I'd yeah, like he's, he's a cool dude, and he sent me an email um, that I saw my inbox when I got back saying, mm-hmm. you know, check on him. And I want not let you know, I'm okay, I'll email you. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't have any internet access or anything, so I'm yeah. about a week behind, and it looks like about three months. I feel like I've been gone for ten years, just you look, seeing the With to-dos. all that lack
2: of sleep, you look like you've been awake for about ten years. Whew.
0: Oh, well, let me tell you one last quick thing, because we got sure. a lot to talk about. Yeah. But... Um, The uh, coming back, Mm -hmm. um, they didn't like to look at me in the uh, uh, Israeli uh, security. Did you get the This was leaving. Well, uh, virtually. I got (laughs) pulled out of line, and my cohort still went on, no problem. Mm -hmm. I got pulled on, they checked my bag several times, went through the x-rays, sent me to another room. Then they rechecked them again several times. Then they came and sent me somewhere else, and then they stuck me behind a curtain in some faraway Room, you know, away from everybody. I mean, I'm talking about far, far away. Like, I figured that's it, you know? And then they checked inside my clothing and around on me and everything Mm and took all my bags away, disappeared. And then after a few more x-rays, I came up and I found they had taken everything like a, like a little bottle of aspirin. Each pill was out. They had expected independently each little, like, cough drop or a piece of candy or small little item. And then I basically had to hurry up and put it all together. Busted the zipper on my bag. And basically, the guy said, "Well, give you two uh, two choices. Uh, You can make your flight and check your bag, or you can miss your flight and keep your bag with you." So I said, "Check my bag." So that was. Sorry to hear that, man. I think what happened. I heard a murmur that they had read something about an email I'd sent to Sister Joan out there, Mm -hmm. where we were talking about Israel, and they didn't like the sounds of that. So Sister Joan out there, I hope you know. What that put me through. Yeah, they got gotcha. you. Uh, they they gave me the once over. But yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. I live again. Yeah. And
2: uh, too bad you shouldn't. Have. You could have shown them some of your grappling moves. Yeah, that wasn't a time or place. <laughs> I figured.
0: Uh, by the way, I just want to say real real quick before we go into our stories. Um, this week we have had uh, uh, we, we've had uh, Tom and W. McCullough on. Boy, and, great uh, people. And what what just hit me while I was on my trip was that, you know, here they were talking about trying to take young ladies and bring them back. To A little bit more of a controllable rural type lifestyle where it 's mm-hmm. very um, structured, uh, mm-hmm. attached back to the earth, you know, and I just realized that the week before when we had the Bovaroff girls on yeah that basically that is kind of, a lifestyle they live yeah, that's they of were of. living a lifestyle that was the ideal of these young ladies, so through two different shows very through two, two different shows, we sort of see some of the values of that kind of yeah. back to roots lifestyle.
2: Well, I mean, we gotta. You know, it's funny. I was just talking with Brother Tom today. Were you? Okay. Um, you know, we were talking about that and how we had the, the 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 sisters there and then the McCullochs on and stuff. You know, we we were joking that it just wouldn't be future quick if we didn't start mentioning Nephilim in the middle of our interviews.
0: Well, now so we you've we done. Want to think about now you've it. just done that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I did talk about Nephilim quite a bit since I was in Nephilim country. Oh, really? In Rephaim country. Yes. where Og King of Bashan was. Uh-huh. I was in Bashan, mm-hmm. and uh, most people looked at me with blank stares. They had no idea what I was talking about.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah, well, So, oh gosh, I don't know.
0: But if you read Barry Comish's book, Return of the Giants, when they had the big UFO flap in 1997 mm-hmm. in Israel, the people who saw those also saw giants literally walking around through Israel at the same time. So, mm. well, so put that in your pipe and smoke it.
1: I'm
2: not smoking a pipe tonight. so. Okay. <laughs>
0: Okay, we got some stories to do. I have one last little thing that's come up. Uh, I glanced at the email, uh-huh. and I want to do something real quick for okay. uh, a buddy of ours out there, a, good. A, a new listener to the show. Uh-huh. And I'm just going to identify him as Jay. Okay. okay Jay. He has a prayer request, and he okay. said he wouldn't mind us sharing it with other people All right. because uh-huh. I know a lot of other people have needs that are, that are something similar to this or whatever. Uh, he just asked us to pray that he has something that is a very, very, very common malady. And he's serious about addressing the yeah, it's, uh, pornography addiction, mm-hmm. internet pornography. Yeah. And uh, I just want to say that um, uh, this is something, that, Jay, if you're listening out there, there's a whole ton of people who are listening to the show and everybody else you know in the same boat. Okay. And I just want to tell you, you are a role model by being brave enough to overcome sometimes the way people in the church treat people who, you know, mention something like this and uh, look at them differently. And I just want to say you're a role model, and you're you're a bigger man than m- most other folks out there uh, mm-hmm. for saying this. And I also want to tell any of you all who look at anybody funny like that, or think you're better than them mm-hmm. in the church, that you're a real funny duddy. And I'm just going to leave the words at that. Because it's
2: interesting. It's interesting you mentioned that because I had a I had a conversation with a very close brother in the Lord of mine who was having similar sort of yeah. issues, and he said, well, rather than have weird discussions with people. He told a group of his friends that, uh, you know, he's got a job where he's basically sort of like a security guard officer, mm-hmm. security officer for this thing, so they, the meaner he looks, the better. Yeah. Uh, he just said, like, if I ever shave my beard, yeah. that means that I that I fell down, and he should just take me aside and, you know, pray for me, huh. which I thought was interesting because then he doesn't have to have this weird conversation.
0: Well, that's interesting. It's yeah. just like a signal. Yeah. Well, uh, in, in particular, I just want to say to our women out there who – Hear a lot of things, a Christian teaching and other stuff like that, and they they sort of demonize people who are having the struggle. And I I would be of the of the opinion that if you look at men in romance novels or romance movies or whatever with interest or things like that, mm-hmm. that it's not all that different an issue or problem. Not sure. everybody would agree sure. with well,
2: me. The whole idea is that you engage in some sort of lustful fantasy. You, you start it's a, reading a romance novel, it's just the same. You
0: idealize yeah. things beyond what they are. Mm-hmm. So I think we all need to cool it in judging each other. Mm-hmm. And I just want to do, and I know we got a lot of stuff to do, I just want to say a quick prayer for Jay, if you don't mind. Very good, Listen. And for everybody else, everybody yeah. else in our circle, and all of us who have similar problems. Okay, first motto. Heavenly Father, I just want to pray for Brother Jay, who is a faithful listener of our show and a friend, Lord, and, um, a very strong, uh, uh, brother Who is strong enough To admit something like this Beyond the stigma That other Christians put on it hmm. uh, Lord and, and who try to make This issue Or this sin Bigger than other sins they're dealing with And Lord I thank you for his example And may he, he be an example To the rest of us To uh, ignore uh, Small minded people Even within our family mm-hmm. And to step forward And deal with things Like a man And uh, Lord I pray for him I pray for everyone else In our audience Of which there are Many 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 Who struggle with the same thing, Uh, and also other issues, Lord? Uh, Any other type of addiction, anything else that they're uncomfortable about, that they feel either ashamed of or that they just feel uncomfortable not right about, Lord? Uh, Whatever it may be, I just pray for it, and in general for our whole listening audience, and for Tom and I, Mm -hmm. for whatever it is we're struggling with, Uh, they're all sins, Lord. There's no. Difference, high or low It's just what we have What We're falling short Lord, I pray that you'd help us To have victory Through your power and your name And that also we would trust in you And realize that some things Take time uh, to be sanctified from And that we will just Lean on you, Lord And not lean on our own strength And uh, also uh, confess our sins One to another Lord, that we can uh, be strong for us So thank you so much That you're patient with us, Lord uh, Help uh, let this discussion Be a motivation For those of us to step forward and to be more honest and forthright ourselves, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, brother. Yeah. Thanks for all that preamble. You got a okay. story for us? Last story. Yeah. Notes.
2: Yeah. Uh, this comes from the IcelandWeatherReport.com.
0: I'll uh, read it all the time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really more of this lady sort of blog's thoughts, but it's sort of you know she does report the the, the weather mm-hmm. there in Iceland. Interestingly enough, uh, this one is about. Uh, uh, You know, Iceland's in dire financial straits. Yeah.
0: If you've listened to our show, you would have known that from hearing us, that they are devastated. They've been wiped out by poor decisions by their government, making bad Mm -hmm. investments. Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, This lady is writing about uh, she had just returned from a citizens' meeting in Haskalabio. Okay. Uh, it's hard to convey to people the boi- boiling cauldron of energy and idea that is Icelandic society at this present time. I will go so far as to say that the force of what is happening now is like the movement that took place in the lead up to Iceland's declaration of independence. At these citizens meetings, demonstrations in the media, some, some aspects of the media, at least she says, on blogs and between people, it is completely rocking the foundations of this society. Um, mind you. Those foundations are close to crumbling, which is perhaps why everything is rattling and shaking. Hmm. People, young and old, from all walks of life, are coming out and expressing ideas that are radically and revolutionary, radical and revolutionary and powerful. Like the idea that I've heard several times over the past few days that we need a completely new constitution. In building this new Iceland that everybody is talking about, we need to start over. The details are intricate and too complex and too numerous to do justice to in this space. But those deals, the the very fabric of a new society, are what people here are talking about these days. I'd say our biggest challenge is now to harness all this energy and all these ideas. But back to the citizens' meeting. There were four keynote speakers, each very different and each very good. The first, Rafaela Tancón, an economist with the Straumer Investment Bank in London, an Icelandic bank, gave an excellent and concise talk on where Icelandic society is at this moment in time, what our situation is, what the forecast is for the coming months, and what our options are. The second, Robert Wade, an economics professor from the London School of Economics, also gave an excellent talk. In July of last year, he wrote an article in the Financial Times in which he expressed his view that Iceland was heading for a fall, that he had studied the economic meltdown in Asia in depth and saw a very similar pattern here. The same day as the article was published... He was at a conference with a member of the International Monetary Fund who praised him for speaking out about this matter. Finally, someone had. In Iceland, meanwhile, he was denounced for his writings. Our current prime minister dismissed his article with the words that it was like a reader's letter to DW, D-DV, Iceland's only tabloid. Uh, Wade touched on many things in his speech, but the one that evoked the greatest response was was when he said it was absolutely necessary if Iceland wanted to reestablish any sort of credibility on a global scale was for us to invite our central bank director to look for another job. Uh, The third speaker was an Icelander, an activist, and documentary filmmaker who delivered a rousing speech in in which, amongst others, he traced the origins of democracy. He declared that the agreement between himself and those who entrusted with his safety and welfare and that of his family were broken. Uh, They had not held up their share of the bargain, so the agreement was null and void. The last speech, by a woman named (laughs) Sporjig Sigurdortyr. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's the best I can do on that one. I'm
0: uh, oh, sorry, Sporjig. Yeah,
2: yeah Sigor. I guess it's Sigor Björg, maybe. Okay. Sorry. What'd she say? A public administrator was definitely the most chilling. She began by saying that earlier today, one of the cabinet ministers in the present government had said to her over the phone when she found that she would be speaking be careful of what you say tonight. Uh, at this, there were loud shouts from the crowd demanding to know who it was. She went on to expose an incident in which she had been involved that was so clearly that so clearly demonstrated the deep level of contra- corruption taking place behind the scenes in this country that it was staggering. In this case, it was within the health sector, surely the most vulnerable for Iceland in this type of depression. Uh, i got to switch pages here. Not quite fast no. enough. You want to say that? No, okay. no. Uh, hearing such stories, which I absolutely believe to be true, mindful of the creepy exchange I had with an official from the Central Bank last month, evokes such anger and such a feeling of utter powerlessness that it makes me want to scream and weep all, at the same time. The establishment in this country, who have so comfortably placed themselves in seats of power, who continue to engage in, in despotism and cronyism and what the speaker called hands-off privati- privatization, When social services are privatized by a minister who makes sure his fingerprints are nowhere on the deal and who refuse to step down or call elections or do anything to shoulder any sort of responsibility, who just don't respond to the calls of the public for fairness and violence, what is to be done? What can be done with them? I don't condone condone violence in any shape or form, but I'm starting to think that nothing less than a large-scale civil unrest or revolution will do in order to oust them from their lairs. That last speaker also said that she knew of many people, professionals, academic specialists in this country, who are appealing to their colleagues abroad to speak out about Iceland, because what is happening here, uh, about what is happening here, because they say themselves they don't have the courage to do so. Because they are afraid, uh, bodily for themselves and their fa- and for their families. Well, I for one will not be intimidated. Let the scum rise to the surface and let it all be revealed.
0: Huh. That's
2: pretty, uh, Pretty chilling words from. Mm
0: -hmm. So how would you summarize that?
2: I would say that uh, things are short are very shortly going to go haywire over here in Iceland, over there in Iceland. Mm. Um, People are, you know, things are going crazy. They're asking people are Mm -hmm. asking for uh, people to step down, and uh, the government Mm -hmm. is not responding. So now people are saying publicly, maybe it's time for less large-scale civil unrest.
0: Do you indicate? Do you have indication to believe that that belief is widespread? or desire to do that. I do.
2: That is actually yeah. one of several, uh, several things that I had read, well, and um, I just brought that one. Revolution
0: in. in Iceland. Yeah. The most educated land in the world. Yeah. You know, I Give mean, me it's not like a bunch of savages attacking each other. This is no. It's not like well-educated you know, people that have been like uh, or something. sold out by their know? government. Yeah. How interesting. You know, that's a place I always wanted to go to. Iceland. Now the Faroe Islands is where I want to go, which is not far away from there. But
2: Yeah, not a, I'm not a big fan of pickled sharks, so I tend to steer clear of Iceland.
0: Yeah, well, I would watch out what you put on your kebab, too, based yeah. on my yeah, experience. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, last week, um, I read very briefly to the end of the show uh, a little bit of education about what happened and what uh, MacArthur and Patton oh, did. Oh, yeah, I'm glad The we're bonus this. war back in the 30s where uh-huh. they actually shot and killed some of our veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, what led me to that was... Uh, Finding out a little bit more about what george's what George patton's position was, particularly on in his own words, on uh, addressing civil unrest, which is still held in high regard by our own government mm-hmm. um, and i what got me on is I looked at something at our at our dear friend uh, Will Grigg, mm-hmm. who had actually put someone on his website. He took some quotes out of here, and they may be all I have time for, but I actually downloaded the official paper written by George Patton himself from his own headquarters Great. uh to to uh, Address this. So uh, anyway, I just want to re- re- uh, review some of the comments that he made, mm-hmm. uh, and this again is at patentheadquarters.com, where um, uh, he says uh, domestic de- military deployment was the most distasteful form of service in the paper he wrote. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are somewhere between the routine involvement of military personnel in connection with domestic disturbances and martial law, So that continuum ends with military government which differs from martial law in that it represents complete abolition of civilian authority mm. uh, as opposed to the enforcement of the civilian ruling elite's will through direct military force. Okay, so uh, in this paper, he, he, uh, it's called The Law and Prophets of Riot Duty. Uh, here are some of the directives he has for the army and for troops to do when they have to go against their own citizens in civil unrest. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's some quotes. Take no orders from civil officials, federal, state, or municipal, so his fellow troops, his army troops, should listen ever to civil officials. You may and should cooperate with police or state troops who may be present, but you and not they are the judge of the amount and character of this cooperation. So in other words, if it's convenient, do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, should some orator start haranguing the crowd and inciting them to violence, grab him, even if it brings on a local small fight. Small fights are better than big ones. Words cunningly chosen can change crowds into mobs. Warn newspapers, theaters, and churches that if they encourage the mob, they are guilty of aiding them and that their leaders will be held personally accountable. Freedom of the press cannot be construed as license to encourage the armed enemies of the U.S., United States of America. An armed mob resisting federal troops is an armed enemy. To aid an enemy is treason. This may not be the law, but it's fact. When blood starts running, the law stops. (laughs) Okay, this is our hero. War hero Patton says this. Mm -hmm. His official position. If you have captured a dangerous agitator and some misguided federal judge issues a writ of habeas corpus for him, try to see the judge to find out what he is liable to do. There's always the danger that the man may attempt to escape. If he does, see that he at least falls out of ranks before you shoot him. To be soft-hearted might mean death for your men. After all, war is war. I interpret that to mean he means try to encourage the guy to try to run for it, so then they can shoot him. Have yeah. excuse and, rather and, than go to a and judge. really
2: he's being explicit. He means a war on the populace, right? You know, so
0: as in all military operations, information is vital. By the use of detectives, soldiers in civilian clothes, and friendly citizens, get all possible information about conditions in the city. So that's against the Geneva Convention, putting soldiers in civilian clothes. Yeah. Uh, the use of gas is paramount. Again, this is our, against U.S. citizens. While tear gas is effective, it should be backed up with vomiting gas. Although white phosphorus is incendiary, it is useful in forming a screen for the attack of barricades and defended houses, which wow. is what Israel's getting in trouble for right now. If you must fire, do a good job. Now, here's his great quote about shooting Americans. A few casualties become martyrs. A large number becomes an object lesson.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I've just got about 30 seconds here. I'm going to see if there's a few other ones that are that are similar to this, but I think you got the gist of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Wellington put it aptly. This is directly from his paper that I copied, uh, called Federal Troops and Domestic Disturbances, written November 1932 by Patton. Wellington put it aptly when he said, Martial law is not law at all. It is merely the will of the commander. Um, let's see. Some of these were written by Grig. Some of them we pointed out. Mm-hmm. Um, as a general rule, only the bayonet or saber should be used against mixed crowds in the first stages of revolt. But as soon as sufficient warning has been given to enable the innocent to separate themselves from the guilty, the action of troops should be governed solely by tactical considerations Involved in the duty they're ordered to perform. So just use bayonets until you find out who the innocent people are. Jeez. Um, I That's think we're terrible. we're up to the end of our time. All right. There was more to read there. You get the gist of it. Well, we'll. This is what they're using know. right now. This yeah. is the thinking used by our military. Yeah. Well,
2: we can keep going on that uh, next Friday too. Well, you
0: know? speaking of authoritarian uh, rulers, let's bring uh, our friend Merv in <laughs> to tell you how you can get
5: a hold of us a future. Yeah. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast.
0: Okay, we just have time for goodbye. All right, goodbye. Okay, come back next Monday for another great interview. Till then, we hope your future is very bright. Have a great day.
2: Goodbye, twice.
0: Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake.
1: Routing out old tree out of the cheese. There's revolution. Sweeping in life a fresh new breeze. Let